0: Podcast. check it out The Joe Rogan experience
1: Train my day Joe Rogan podcast by night all day
2: My man my man got here, saw the whiskey on the table <laughs> right away cracked it open. We're not even looking at 2 pm and he was down
3: <laughs> I, have to, I have to drink off my Vegas. <laughs> is that what it is?
2: Dude. How 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 bad was it for you? It was a bad time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad time.
2: Where'd you guys go? We went to the fights.
3: We went to the fights. Uh, it was awesome. And then uh, that night we went out to. Uh, we had ten vice guys there, and three of them. I got calls the next day because the limos had their wallets in them. Three separate oh. guys, <laughs> three separate cars,
2: they lost their
0: wallet. Wow.
2: Pocket, pickpocket dudes must thrive on that. When they see yeah, those stumbling sure. guys on Monday morning that are barely together. Yeah, yeah. Just so wrecked from the weekend. Well, <laughs> the,
3: the, the car drivers were nice. They were like, hey, you know, I'll come around, bring them back, because why, you know. Right, I'm right,
2: close. right. They'd be happy and they're going to get a tip anyway. Yeah. The the Vice um, videos that you guys did for Dan Hardy were fucking awesome, man. Yeah, that's, yeah, really that's really good really, stuff, man. Yeah. It's so it's really creatively shot. It's intriguing. The nice. music was good. The the choices of when to put music and when to put you know when to put no sound. It was yeah. really interesting, man. I thought th- I thought it was great. You know the, awesome. the whole scene where he's driving. You know I was like yeah. this is fucking cool. I I love Dan Hardy. He's, yeah, he's awesome. He's a uh, quite a personality. You know it was really uh, I love uh, the other guy too, Dwayne Ludwig. His opponent, so it was, it was hard to watch one guy one guy lose and one guy win. It always is, but it's nice to see Dan Hardy successful again. I love a story like that, man. I love yeah. when a guy takes, like, like this uh, Jamie Varner kid that fought this weekend. Yeah. Did you see that?
0: Yeah.
2: He uh, went to some small shows, lost all his motivation. Um, started getting beat by guys That should never beat him Right And then all of a sudden uh, He just For whatever reason We'll have to figure it out When he talk to him Decided to get his shit together again And just train like a fucking madman mm. They give him another shot in the UFC And he just goes and knocks out Edson Barboza Who's right. like one of the top 10 killers At 155 pounds in the world the, yeah. the last time Barboza was in the ring Was in Brazil Where he fucking wheel kicked Terry Edom in the head And knocked him unconscious I mean he's a dangerous Dangerous dude Right And Jamie Varner Fucked him up man It was crazy crazy i love a story like that yeah. i love a i love a dude who just gets it together
0: There you, go. you know
2: it's like one of my favorite things in life i love a guy who can keep it together but man i love a dude who loses it and gets it back you know that's fascinating to me yeah i'm trying to think of a boxer that lost it
3: and got it back it's well. not very many because the not like the cinderella story is that you know they had the boxing film recently uh about the old guy oh that's pretty good <laughs> the old time guy like who had to he had to fix his arm but you know Picking up the crates. Who's that guy?
2: Which guy was that? Ah, fuck now. How long ago was this movie?
3: Like 10, in the last 10 years. It's, uh, Is that Russell, Russell Crowe? Crowe? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Braddock. Yeah, Braddock. James so Braddock. Yeah. We got a ship together. I didn't see that. No. I saw, like, a clip of it, and it looked so hokey, Hollywood. Hokey. I was like, get the fuck out of it here. It was hokey. I, I hate when a guy who's that good, like Russell Crowe, gets stuck in a movie like that. Like, right. you, you're, you're using, like, one of the best actors ever. And you got him in this goofy-ass movie, <laughs> <laughs> this fucking fake-ass boxing movie when guys throw fake-ass-looking punches. Mm. You know, There's not a whole lot of guys have ever pulled off like a real good fight scene in a movie. Right. It's hard. It's hard to fake that shit. That's the, the beauty of watching it in real life. It's, yeah. like, it's so crazy. So if you've never seen insane. it before, folks, you owe it to yourself for once in your life if you're a UFC <laughs> fan to, to get tickets. And go to see a live event if it comes anywhere near you. Because it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. When you're right there, too. I mean, I've, I've been, like, inches away from some of the craziest moments in, in combat history. Right. Combat sports history.
1: And the yeah. best seats, believe it or not, are not floor. It's about halfway up where you're almost just a little bit over the top of yeah. The, uh, the, the. Yeah, lowering.
2: you're right. You're right. The best seats are not the most expensive ones. Yeah. The uh, above angles are great angle. Yeah. Especially like that first riser, I think yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, the first riser. So uh, what happened? You just kept going? You just kept going all through Friday, all through Saturday, yeah. all through Sunday? <coughs> yeah. <laughs> I came straight here. Damn, dude. Yeah, yeah. Any sleep? Um,
3: in the limos, you know, was, we, were, we would pass out and then sort of keep going. But yeah, a little bit of sleep.
2: Enough. Dude. I'm old now, so I can't. You're a fucking savage. Yeah. You are staring out there going wheels off, man, <laughs> you still go wheels off the tracks into the woods, you still do it, huh? yeah, that's fun, isn't it yeah it's the, the i I wish that alcohol didn't have such a penalty, mm-hmm. such a steep penalty on your body, yeah, I love getting drunk, yeah, you know i mean i'm- cl- I'm really responsible about it i uh I try not to do it you know to the point of excess or the, I, I don't ever drive, but I do like getting fucked up. That's why I like like getting doing shots like in Vegas after a show. It's like let's just get fucked up, <laughs> you know. Or when last time Eddie and Tom Segura and I got fucked up in Australia, we're like, we're in Australia. I ain't got no responsibilities here. Let's get fucking blasted, right? You know. Damn, the price is just ruthless on your body. I'm pretty <sighs>
1: drunk still. It was kind of drunk driving, driving here.
0: What?
2: <laughs>
1: for, real? I let for Yeah, because I, I, I like woke up and went straight here, so I, feel like I, I felt like I was still pretty fucked up from last night.
2: You really think that you could have got pulled over and arrested?
1: Uh, probably not. I probably would be fine, but it felt like I was buzzed still
3: from last night.
2: Damn, dude. You're going wheels off, too. <laughs> Both of you motherfuckers, put me to shame.
3: I'm not putting you to shame on anything. You (laughs) just—I don't know what I'm allowed to say on the air.
2: You you can say anything about about whiskey. Don't say too much. Don't get crazy. (laughs)
3: What are you gonna say? I was gonna say you gave me something before. (laughs) (laughs) Jack
1: Daniels. The walls have ears, sir. Jack Daniels honey is my new thing. It's doing shots of that is my new thing. It's Delicious
2: for poison. As far as Mm -hmm. poison goes, it's the best stuff. What's your What's your poison, man?
3: Well, I love whiskey, but, you know, I like shitty Irish whiskey, like Bushmills. And really?
2: That's, just, that's the kind of stuff you like? Yeah.
3: You know, the more, more expensive Scotch is, it more tastes like Scotch. Uh, Scotch sucks. <laughs> I like to just drink all shitty whiskey.
2: Really? That's yeah. interesting. Is that, is that common? I don't know. Because I, I thought, like, the smooth stuff was the stuff that was, like, really old and no. super expensive. Like no, single it's really malt smoky. That that's
3: really smoky stuff. The, I like peat, which is Irish whiskey. It tastes like peat. They boiled over peat bog
2: there's a the only time I've ever had really good whiskey is uh, there was a guy named Josh Lieb He was one of the writers on news radio, right? Uh, very funny guy very nice guy and uh, He was uh, just really interesting character and he was into like really old whiskey mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I was like how much does that cost and he was like it was like something saying like $100 a glass or something right. like that I'm Like what really? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck does it taste like? And he let me try some of it. Because he was like, wow, that is a kind of a strange thing to right. have created. It's a very uh, very distinct sort of taste. But I wouldn't say it's good. Right? Yeah, no. None of it's good. No.
3: <laughs> Just cheap whiskey's good.
2: The feeling of it is good. Yeah. So uh, where are you coming back from, man? What's the, the latest world travels? Well, we've been shooting
3: a lot. <clears throat> so we shot um, January and February in Afghanistan. Whoa. Which was... Seriously heavy because we did a story on child suicide bombers. And so we got incredible access to kids who actually were caught uh, before they could ignite their vests. And then we met the senior Taliban guy in, in Kabul who is supposedly supposed to be in Pakistan, but we actually interviewed him in Kabul. And Everyone's freaking out about that because they didn't know he was in Kabul.
2: So <coughs> you you sat down with this guy?
3: Yeah, yeah. Whoa, what yeah. was that like? It, he's, uh, you know, they don't have a good outfit for sort of looking benevolent. Like, they look like he looked like the devil. He looked really bad and evil. And uh, I asked him about uh, child suicide bombing because they're using younger and younger kids now because they get past the checkpoints. And uh, he said, yeah, you know, he, they actually admitted on air that they were using children as suicide as as transportation devices for dynamite.
2: <sighs> wow. You mean that's that's the best way to describe it. Transportation devices for dynamite. Mm-hmm. They uh, they've essentially said, you know, not only we're we willing to kill our own, we'll we'll kill innocent. We'll mm-hmm. ki- we'll kill children to further our agenda. That's scary shit. That's fucking scary shit, man. What was it like talking to that guy?
3: Um well, it was, you know, so he had he's, he was arrested for kidnapping um, Westerners and UN people. Um, and he had been in prison and somehow gotten out in Pakistan. So the Pakistanis let him out. And then he had snuck back into Kabul. So he, you're meeting a guy who's been arrested many times for kidnapping Westerners for political means. So that's weird. <laughs> Two is you go out and he's surrounded by his Talib soldiers. So he's got like, you know, 20 or 30 guys in the courtyard. All sort of, you know, checking you out, and then if you say anything wrong or do anything wrong, then, you, you know, they'll just they'll just take you away. They don't give a shit. Right. So it was a bit nerve-wracking, and he was a, he's a seriously bad dude. I mean, he was a commander in the Mujahideen, and then he became Taliban, and then was one of the senior commanders when they were in control of of all of Afghanistan, and then had to flee to Pakistan, and now's back.
2: Do they know who let him out and why?
3: Well, the Pakistani um, government has been sponsoring Taliban almost at the same
2: Isn't that incredible that, like, they can get people into jail over there and then they can just sort of let them out? Really bad guys that people have tried so hard to capture. Mm. I just they're, they're resisting this whole idea.
3: Well, it's also 100% corrupt. I mean, you can buy your way out of jail in Pakistan, buy your way out of jail in Afghanistan, but if you're on the right side of the ISI in Pakistan, which the Taliban are, then you can do whatever you want. Well, the ISI were the ones protecting bin Laden.
2: So what is? how does something like this, I mean, whatever you can say about it, how does something like this get arranged?
3: Well, in Afghanistan we're lucky because... It was a guy named Saad Mashini who runs uh, Tolo News, which is the sort of main news, you know, pro-Western, say, news in in Afghanistan. And so he, um, you know, had a lot of, he he can get you sort of see anybody in Afghanistan. And so he got us in to talk to the suicide bombers, the kids, and he got us in to talk to the secret police about that. And he got us in to talk to um, the Taliban. Wow.
2: So, you set up this meeting with this guy. Mm-hmm. How long is the entire meeting? Maybe an hour. So, how long have you been in his, in his presence? The whole time you're in his presence, yeah, just like
3: an, an hour? An hour, just straight in, start, get out.
2: How do, you, how do you get out of that kind of conversation? That seems like a conversation that should take 100 years. Huh. Uh, is, is, do, you, do you have to tiptoe when you're discussing things? Do you, are yeah. you biting your tongue? Are you, well, I had uh, to
3: ask him a lot of unpleasant questions.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. how, did, how did you
3: do that? Well, you know, <clears throat> for example, I'd say um you know, you were a Mujahideen general, you know what it's like to lead troops, you know these, you know, people trained to fight. Uh, how do you feel about sending you know, 6-year-olds, you know, to to be transportation devices for bomb? And uh so you couch it in such a way that like you're a general and right you know, right so right hard. right because generally a lot of the Taliban fighters themselves you know, don't, don't condone the suicide bombing, but he did. He said, well, he wouldn't answer it. He said, there's a Pashtun saying, there's a tiger above me and a river below me. I.e. like I'm screwed if I do and screwed if I don't. So he wouldn't, he wouldn't talk to us about it.
2: Wow. How, how often are they having suicide bombs go off over there?
3: About 200 times a year. So nearly every day there's a suicide bomb and they're getting more and more effective. And uh, it's they just had the, the the first civilian suicide bomb, so you know, yeah, not not military targets, and it was a complete design. They actually did a they had seven suicide bombers. Not a lot of people maybe know this in America, but there was an empty building across the way from the American Embassy, and they had these seven suicide <coughs> attackers actually dressed in burkas with their weapons under the burkas, take over the building. And they held the American embassy hostage with, like, a full-on firefight in the middle of Kabul for over 24 hours before they could kill these seven dudes. <laughs> it was crazy. We have footage of it all, and it's totally fucking insane.
2: Holy shit. Yeah.
3: But the <clears throat> the, what the Taliban guy says, and which is pretty interesting, is that they use suicide attackers and suicide bombers because that's what's going to get America out. And you go, well, you know, fuck you. But in reality, that's true. Because what happened is America went in to get Al Qaeda and the Taliban out of Afghanistan. And now our government is negotiating with the Taliban to see exactly how much power they'll have when we leave.
2: So you're like, okay, well. Jesus Christ. Huh. <clears throat> what a clusterfuck. Yeah. this None of this is being reported in the mainstream news. Not being certainly not being talked about like that. You see, Karzai sits down with Obama, and they all seem to be uh, playing nice, nice with each other. Yeah, And this well, is all what's going on behind the scenes. Just yeah, I mean, it's been, been it's,
3: it's been re- constant suicide bombing. It's 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 been reported that they've started to negotiate with the Taliban, and I was surprised that there was, hasn't been sort of more outrage because people, I guess, are so sick of the war. They're just like, well, fine, you know, they're negotiating with them. But so, the who is
2: negotiating? The United States yeah. is? Yeah,
3: well, and, and the, uh, NATO, yeah.
2: And what are they they're negotiating?
3: Power. When the yeah. Americans leave, how much power they'll have, how they're going to share power, et cetera. Et cetera.
2: Wow. Yeah. Um, isn't that the, the whole purpose of this, is try yeah. to stop those guys? Yes. And then they're negotiating with them about how much power they get. Yes. So what does that mean? That means we lost the war? Are, are Americans ever going to say we lost a war? We're like, we're like that dude. You could beat our dick into the dirt for 100 years. And we're like, that wasn't even a war. It was right. a conflict. It was a police action. Well, yeah. It was <laughs> we will never admit that. We, ne- we don't even admit we lost Vietnam. Yeah. You know, we pulled out of Vietnam. It's yeah. like, whatever. We got tired of kicking your ass. Yeah, yeah. It's a, this is a weird country, man.
3: Yeah. You know, Afghanistan, they for sure 100% lost Afghanistan. I mean, <clears throat> what did you do? You, you, yeah, what you, happened? You, you went in to try to get the Taliban out. Now you're negotiating to give them power back. Ten years, all that money, all those lives oh. lost. And for what? What's the end result? Because actually when you're there, you realize, oh, the minute the Americans leave, there'll be a civil war. Oh. So it's going to be back in the, in, the, in the exact situation of a civil war with, a, with a, a massive Taliban presence in Afghanistan. So 12 years down the drain.
2: My God, what a mess. How horrible must it feel to the families of people who lost children over there? Exactly. And then you just realize this whole thing was a clusterfuck. Yeah. The thing that gets me is just how does anybody look at Vietnam and not learn? How do we not learn? It's like this is the same shit. Yeah. It's the exact same shit. Mm-hmm. We get manipulated into these wars by, by special interests. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what it is, folks. And you've been tricked into thinking that this was some fucking some justice mission. You know, exactly. It's madness. Yeah. What do you think they're over there for? What's the What's the number one resource they're trying to grab over there? Who? The United States.
3: Well, I think they got
2: into a war. I shouldn't say the United States. What I should say is the corporations yeah. that are trying to. Well,
3: I, I think I think that uh,
2: profit from this. I,
3: look, I think they had to go in because they couldn't just go into Iraq. Iraq was about oil. Um, they couldn't just go into Iraq. They had to say, well, we have to go get the guys who did this from 9-11. And then they went in. But they could have gone in with a surgical team, got the guys, and got out. I mean, they, you don't have to take over the whole country.
2: Right. <coughs> why do you think that they, they had to say, we're going to go into Iraq, as excuse me, Afghanistan as well? Like, why?
3: Well, because Iraq was a complete construct. They made it all up. That's 100%. They're like, they're trying to tie Iraq with 9-11. And you're like, well, this had nothing to do with it. Iraq,
2: um, 100% to do with, with oil. With oil.
3: Well, because they, had, they manufactured why we went there. They, the, the 9-11 was like, oh, yes, they already had plans to go in there before, but 9-11 said, yes, you know, we're going to go in there after Al-Qaeda. But they knew that they had to actually go to the place where it was. They had to do the true thing so that they could get what they wanted, which was Iraq.
2: Oh, so you feel like Afghanistan was almost like a secondary operation. One, it was, 100%, yeah. Whoa.
3: And then it became the primary operation because it was such a clusterfuck.
2: Well, what about all the resources that they keep finding over there? Like they just found trillions of dollars in minerals. Do you think that that plays a part in the uh, idea to to occupy as well?
3: Maybe. I mean, I think that now what's happening is Chinese companies are coming in as they do because they're sort of um, not blame free, but they're sort of like, oh, we we have not been conflicted by this conflict. So they much like they've done in Africa. You know, wherever America sort of, you know, pissed people off or done bad things. And China just comes in and says, oh, we'll trade with you. you know?
2: That's got to be a trip, man. Chi- well,
3: because America goes and sees things and, you know, for, for better or for worse, they, let's try to fix it. And then there's right. problems and then they put sanctions on people. And China just says, I don't give a shit what you do. Wow. <laughs> well, you can do whatever you want to do. Just give me your... Tritium or whatever it is. Wow.
2: China just rocks a Game of Thrones style. Yeah. They go old school empire ways. (laughs) We don't impose any. We got our own fucking problems. Mm. We got a billion people living on one patch of dirt. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. They're always going to beat Americans with that attitude. Yeah. As far as like business goes and getting into creepy places. Right. (laughs) They'll just sneak right in. So they're in Afghanistan, you think, trying to get these minerals.
3: Yeah, well, for sure, the Chinese companies are in there. I mean, there's a lot of companies in there, but the problem is going to be stability because the minute Americans pull out, it's going to be full-on civil war. So you can't really go and get minerals <laughs> when people are shooting rockets at you.
2: Now, knowing what a clusterfuck it is, knowing how crazy it is, was it like being over there, you as a person, as an, an outsider, a Canadian, in fact, uh-huh. out there watching this fucking chaos and filming it? What was what that like for you?
3: You know, I I got on the plane to come home and I was on my iPod. I need a fucking drink now. I was on my iPod or the iPad and, you know, I was, there was a plane, you know, it was like soaring through the air and you could see space and all this stuff. And because when you're in Afghanistan, it sort of feels like 5,000 years ago because everything's sort of, you know, these sort of mud huts and it's sun-baked and it, does, it looks like it hasn't, a lot of it looks like it hasn't changed uh, in five thousand years, so you you really sort of wow. This is modernity, you know. This is the modern age. This is the 21st century because we have all these crazy things that you can sort of tweet from Afghanistan, or whatever technology. But then these at the same time you have this sort of devolution, you know, where we're sending kids to 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 blow our shit up, you know, because it, it's effective, you know. And so I, I was. There's been a lot of what I've seen this past year, this past year of shooting, which is it it feels like half of humanity is just going completely backwards, you know?
2: Now, seeing that and then flying back into New York City, what what the fuck does that contrast feel like? You take these mad trips, and then when you come home and you see, like, what's possible at the apex of civilization right now as far as, like... You know, cities and and a place where you can go safely and a place that doesn't have you know guns and bombs blowing up Mm. constantly. I mean, no wonder why they that's where the terrorist attacks occurred. No wonder why that's where the September 11th attacks occurred, right?
3: For sure. I mean, it it was you know incredibly successful. You know, when you fly in, you still see that the twin towers aren't there. Actually, we start our piece with that because we say actually the most successful suicide bombing of all time was 9/11. Suicide yeah. attack, because it started the Iran, uh, Iraq war, it started Afghanistan, um, you know, both of which are still going on, and, you know, p- completely polarized the world. And it actually, suicide attacks were, and, and when we did the research, it was a few months ago, and I've had a few ales, so don't, you know, quote me on the exact percentages, but the percentages are insane. It was like suicide attacks were three to five percent of all terrorism before nine eleven, and now they're like ninety seven percent of all. Jesus Christ! Yeah, because it's so successful.
2: What What is it like as a sane, rational person traveling around to the most fucked up places on earth and seeing humanity at its worst? What What the fuck does that feel like? <laughs>
3: That's a hard question. But
2: You're such a nice guy. You're such a jovial guy. Every time I see you, you're smiling and hugging people. You seem like such a a warm and friendly person for you to get thrust constantly into these horrific situations where you get to see people just handed the shittiest fucking hand of cards in the history of life. Like, here you are, 2012, the internet's here, the fucking, you know, the age of information is here, but you're involved in some sort of crazy religious war, Mm. and people are blowing themselves up when they're six. You're in the worst spot.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, you, the reason why I'm happy is because you're thankful for what you have when you see what, uh, you know, everybody else doesn't have.
2: Were you happy before you did all this?
3: Yeah, I'm a pretty happy guy. Yeah.
2: So it just enhanced your happiness yeah, yeah. to see how fortunate you are and your yeah. your circumstances. Yeah. Fuck, man, that's a that's a, a serious trip to be spending uh, a large percentage of your time on this earth. Yeah, seeing the the terrible spots. Most mm-hmm. people are, like trying to fly into Hawaii for the weekend and chill. And you're, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. You're spending your 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 job is to go to some of the scariest parts on Earth.
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it doesn't seem that freaky at the time because you just you want to get the story. I'm like, yes, we got into you know Somalia. <laughs> we're going, Jesus you know, we're going Christ. to hang out with the pirates. And you're like, yes, we've been working on that for a while. Did you guys go
2: to the Somalia and hang out with the pirates? Yeah. Oh my god.
3: And then you, but you, then you get in there, you get in there, and you're like, you're nervous, and you know, fuck, you, know?
2: you didn't think they would kidnap
0: you.
3: Well, we paid them to kidnap us because you pay the kidnapping fee. How so much is the kidnapping fee? Fifteen grand. So you pay them what they would charge for a kidnapping, but not to kidnap you. Whoa. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, it's like just saying, well, you know. We Fifteen
2: grand them. seems pretty reasonable. But that's yeah. all it is. Yeah. But isn't it more for other people if they catch, like, some billionaire well, we did
3: yacht a, people? We did a bunch of shooting. We shot a lot in Kenya with uh, the... With, uh, uh, sort of, you know, refugees and, you know, we, sh- we shot around Puntland and, and now we're shooting a Mogadishu to round it up but uh, it depends on the on the. On the but anyway, so when you're there all you're thinking about is, you know, we got to get the shot or we got to get this or we got to get that and it's only when you come back and you're sort of having dinner somewhere, and they're like, "Where were you? Oh, I was with the pirates in Mogadishu."
2: Jesus, us, so. Christ!
3: But you don't really think about it so much at the time. When,
2: when a lot of people are uh, t- horrified about the Somali pirates, and they're like, "This yeah. is a terrible situation," but what they don't understand is that those people really got fucked into that situation. Yeah. Where well, they they had yeah. almost no choice. Yeah. The Somali pirates started out when. These uh, Somalia soldiers would uh, go after people who were dumping uh, toxic waste off their shores. It was killing all their fish and poisoning their people. And they're a fisherman's culture. I mean, could you imagine you're a a culture of fishermen? And, you know, they don't have a a history of going after people and kidnapping people. They're just trying to fucking make a living, and all of a sudden some assholes are, you know, driving around their boats, floating around a couple miles out just dumping horrible shit into their ocean and it's fucking up the whole ocean and they get to see it right before their eyes they're the, the mother earth becoming you know, poisoned, the the fish poisoning and people getting poisoned and sick. So they started kidnapping them. They started kidnapping those people and demanding ransom from these companies that had poisoned their water. And then they started saying, you know what, fuck it. Let's just kidnap anybody who drives by. That's what we do now. And that's what it became. Those asshole corporations that were dumping their shit off the Somalia coast, they made monsters. You know, those people should be fucking held responsible for a cleanup just as much as they should be responsible for a toxic cleanup. They should be responsible for a cultural cleanup. You know, if they could actually find out who dumped all that shit and all the different corporations involved, it's probably a whole lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they could probably get a fuckload of money out of it if the world had any co- sort of a real court, you know?
3: Well, the problem is is a lot of it was uh, radioactive waste. Ugh. So it irradiated the sea and irradiated the beaches. And before that, uh, chi- Chinese, Japanese, Portuguese, and Spanish fishing companies completely overfished it and then irradiated it so they were totally fucked there's actually a great movie called uh, Fishing Without Nets <coughs> which is um, about that about like they were all fishermen and now there's no fish so they just take the same boat out and then they then they go wow we're we're working on a story there right now about um, the American government is financing sort of Islamist extremists you know to fight uh, Al-Shabaab uh, who are you know the, the bad boys over there and uh, and so we're, we're trying to figure out if that's
2: true. So the story is that American government is fundi- funding Muslim extremists who yeah. are going to fight these bad guys Show in up.
3: exactly the same as what happened in Afghanistan. Where the Mujahideen tra- against the Soviet Union. And then Union. The,
2: they became the Taliban. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We just don't ever learn. So. How, but how does one fix this mess that we're in? How does, how does one well. put the world on its back, you know, straight on its axle? Or... On taxes, Or does that ever happen? Does it's just the way people roll. We're we just fucking constantly involved in, in chaos and love at the same time. Are we well, every
3: every you know, a lot of people meddle in other people's stuff. And then we have to go in. We have to save them. And you're like, you know, we have to save them from who? Themselves. You know, like, oh, you know, Saddam was such a bad guy. As opposed to who? You know, as opposed to, like, Charles right. Taylor. Like, right. you know, so there's a lot of... Uh, geopolitics and you know sort of geopolitical you know gamesmanship has been you know the result the the cause of a lot of these problems but now it's ninety-nine percent always economics it so oh, if you look at you know we have resource-based wealth or you know there's there one in one in every three countries with resource-based wealth has a civil war every four years whereas you know the the remaining countries you know don't have any civil wars or haven't had a civil war for a hundred years the 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 percentages are insane so now like afghanistan you were just saying but a lot of the african countries now they're like oh you know rare earth metals that didn't used to be worth money are now in you know every cell phone so that you know the the war in the congo is now the 10th bloodiest war in history and it's all because of coltan which is needed to make ipads and iphones
2: it's so ironic that at the height of technology, the iPad 3, front-facing camera, mm-hmm. HD screen, if you follow that all the way down, that's there's common. an African boy that's picking out this mineral out, yeah. of, out of a hole in the earth. Yeah. I mean, it's really, uh, that's a, the, the, that spectrum mm-hmm. is f- quite fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost from, I mean, that spectrum goes back to just the invention of tools and, uh, you know, figuring out iron and shit and fi- mm-hmm. pull, pulling stuff out of the earth all the way to the height of technology. We're weird, man. We are fucking strange. Human beings are so bizarre. Uh, How much do you look at life? I mean, your experiences are far more extreme than mine, and most people on this planet, I think. How, How do you... Do you look at this sometimes like it's a big work of fiction? Do you look at life sometimes like this is just fucking so nutty, it doesn't seem like it could be real? I mean, if anybody has seen the nuttiest, you might have, you might have witnessed some of the nuttiest shit on earth mm. and come back to talk about it. I mean, you've you've got in one life, think of all the fucking places you've been. Mm. Does it feel real?
3: <laughs> what we always say they say about vice and what's the what's the political sort of stance of vice? We say we don't have one. It's the modern condition is absurd. There's the, the you know the absurdity of fucking this mother. It's crazy, like it's fucking nuts. And then when you go out and see exactly how nuts it is, it keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier. Cities get bigger, stories are more insane. You know, we were just shooting in Karachi, which is a completely failed city. They have a hundred plus kill, <clears throat> killings a, a night. You can hire a killer there to kill someone for ten bucks, actually, we rode around with one of these contract killers, and uh, it was it's just shocking oh, you it's rode like, around <laughs> with a
2: contract killer yeah, what the fuck is that like?
3: Well, suru shallwi, my partner, did that story because I wouldn't have lasted long in doing that story in Karachi um, Why wouldn't you last well, <clears throat> Karachi is run by gangs by like Haqqani network who are. Taliban related sort of mafia gang family and then they have you know various uh, Balochistan gangs and then they have you know uh, the, the, the heroin trafficking gangs and they're all fighting each other continually it's insanely violent and it, you know and basically you can't if you're Caucasian you can't sort of, no, there's no tourists there for example, <laughs> like, there's no reason for you to be there, it's just complete wild west shit
2: it's so hard for people in Pasadena to believe <laughs> you know, <laughs> driving around in Pasadena that this coexists on the earth at the same well, time Karachi, as that.
3: You have to picture it's like escape from New York or something. I mean Karachi's bigger than New York and it's just what part of the chaos. world is it again? It's Pakistan, but it's on the on the on the ocean. And it's it's uh it's 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 a huge city and it's just complete fucking anarchy. Complete fucking chaos. Whoa. Whoa! Just, it's a war. It's a war zone. How many millions like, people live in the city? Eighteen to twenty million.
2: Jesus
0: Christ!
3: But all just going crazy.
2: Eighteen to twenty million people live oh. in Wild West. How do we not know about this? How do yeah. we not know about this? That's incredible. Well, people know that Karachi's
3: bad, but I guess not
2: like like you described it. You described it like a movie. It's like, like if Steven Spielberg decided to make a movie about that and told you that that city's going down right now on Earth, you'd be like bitch it, it, it is a movie. You don't think I'd know about that. Yeah, it is a movie. I mean, you don't you think that that's something that would be like really really popular? If if well, you know, no one ever talks about that. If they made a movie right now about that part of the world, described it the way you describe it like yeah. a, like some crazy horror movie about civilization gone wrong. That's what it is. Some yeah. Mad Max reality that's yeah. existing coexisting right now just as big sure. as New York.
3: Yeah.
2: We'd go no way. <laughs> You know what I mean? We'd go no way.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Karachi is complete chaos. It's scary as hell. It's scary as hell. You know, Pakistanis are like, what? no one goes there. Why would you go there? <laughs> no one goes there, but no. 20
2: million people live there.
3: Yeah, yeah. That oh, is crazy. It's crazy. Just shit burning in the streets. People pop, pop, pop. People getting killed. Oh, my people God. Fight. It was like running gun battles through the streets.
2: It's so you, you couldn't go. So you said, uh, what does your your correspondent look like? Sure, she's Pakistani. She's Pakistani. He, girl. Yeah, yeah. he, oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Pakistani. He's,
3: he also snuck into the gun markets, uh, the Taliban gun markets, when the Americans said that the war was over, and the Taliban were coming across into Northwest Frontier Province and getting a thousand handmade guns. They make their own guns by hand, a thousand like little kids make the guns, and a thousand were going over every day. And we're like, well, if the war is over. Why is this a, there are a thousand guns going across the border every day? And so <clears throat> we broke that story. That was Sarush, and he uh, he just went back to Pakistan. And his story of Karachi is fucking insane. He's got unique access, but you know,
2: does he have video? So. Does he have footage? Oh yeah, yeah. Why can we see he has,
3: this? He has video. Uh, I think that's going to go up within the
2: next month. I'll buy some. Uh, you got to let me know the moment know, that, you know, that comes up. He I has he has, he has
3: he has video of him with like riding around with his contract killer, obviously, them, but he's just sort of going from thing to thing with his gun, and they wear these moped helmets, and then so you can't see who they are, and and uh, it's you know that's an insane the thing too. They the kill people for ten bucks. Ten bucks. There's there's a there's a increase, or maybe it's just an increase of awareness, or our awareness, but there's an increase in sort of assassination availability and sort of there's been a price decrease or whatever you know because now we go and we see like in in Karachi they have contract killers everywhere we were shooting a lot recently in um, Juarez and in in northern Mexico and um, there uh, they have um, centenarios that get paid 200 bucks a month and their job is just to kill people like, they're just the fucking muscle. That's They're assassins, you know? And um, <clears throat> when we were there, Juarez is actually the most dangerous town in the world for journalists. It's the same as, so there's El Paso on the Texas side, same city. And it's one of the safest cities in America. And then you go right across the border, and it's one of the most dangerous cities in the world. But it's the most dangerous city in the world for journalists, number one. Why is that? because it's the drug cartels that run it and they're smugglers and so they don't want anyone to ever f- film their shit so instead of like coming up to you when you have your camera and saying, "Hey, why are you carrying that camera? What are you shooting?" They just see a camera and go bang. There's Jesus, all, no Christ. point in asking a question. And they make a lot of if you write about something, they make a they, they cut off your head and they write the story on your flesh with blood and all this stuff and so that, you know, journalists just don't go there anymore.
2: <laughs> wow. That yeah. is kinda of crazy that we're right next to a third world country involved in like the biggest drug war in the history of the world.
3: Yeah. Most Bl- Americans are blissfully unaware. Well we shot uh we shot a big piece on that and um Of it, course you did.
2: <laughs> did you get did you get embedded?
3: Well, we got embedded with people who are fighting this is a pretty freaky story though. I don't know how much it would allow it I'm allowed to say. Oh really? But uh get Well I can drink say- <laughs> get <me> another drink. <laughs> I can say a lot More but. Uh, but uh, it's a very complex story, and, and we're going we're to cause some waves. But uh, basically, we were down in, 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 in Mexico. Um, we'd done some, some stuff with the cartels. Incredibly difficult. Most difficult stories to get right now today are cartel stories because they just kill everybody. Um, but we started hanging out with the people who were fighting the cartels, who are mormon colonies that's originated in america so that they could keep practicing polygamy went to uh... northern mexico and they formed polygamist um, um, mormon colonies there and because the colonies did well the cartels started targeting them and started kidnapping them and killing them and so the mormon colonies started arming themselves and fighting against the the cartels so there's been a war between the mormon colonies and the and the um and 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 the narcos and we went down there to live in the colonies and we were hanging out with the lebarons who i don't know if you've ever heard of but they have a crazy story of (coughs) they had a one of their brethren believed that he had the power of blood atonement so he was killing all uh, the people in the church that were trying to you know mess with him so he had about 30 or maybe had 50 children nearly nearly 50 children and he had them work as assassins for him in this in this bloody war that they had down there this is all happening not in the 1880s this is happening in the 1980s this is happening in like blues brothers 80s oh my god and so they have this crazy war but they arm themselves right because they're all fighting it within the family And then because of that, when the narcos attacked them, they were sort of armed and ready to go and and badasses. So they started fighting them. But they're actually just one colony over from the other people that they came down with, who are the Romneys. So Mitt Romney's father was born in one of these uh, colonies, (laughs) the Bland. And then they, 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 now this is the question. Mitt
2: Romney's father was born in Mexico?
3: Mitt Romney's father was born in a polygamous colony in northern Mexico, Chihuahua. In Jesus colonial Christ. colonial Dublin. And actually he ran for president and they they said uh they they, <clears throat> they brought up the fact that he might have been illegal illegal immigrant and that uh and that you know he that he he was born in a polygamous colony in Mexico. So right. <laughs> his his presidency uh presidential candidacy didn't last long. <laughs> um, <laughs> we say that in the piece, for like, but his sons can <laughs> his son. Well, can because sneak but in. no, but he's he, actually we say that out of all the candidates, Republican candidates, Mitt Romney had the staunchest you know uh, stand against immigration and and you know it, it's you know and he he sort of ignores his roots and he never talks about it and you say well I understand why it's completely logical because. You know, he 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 wanted to veto the Dream Act, and he said he'd publicly he'd veto the Dream Act. Although his father is the poster child for the Dream Act, but you say he you know he, he he would veto the Dream Act because he wants to get away from these stories because the stories, when you dig into them, are fucking insane. Of course, he doesn't want to talk about because polygamy, uh, not, battles with drug lords, you know, and <coughs> and you know, complete in- kidnapping and insanity do not a good presidential candidate make.
2: How is this not mainstream? How is this? Is it going to come out during the presidential campaign?
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's going to come out. We we have great footage.
2: Mitt Romney is he the official nominee yet on the Republican side? I mean, he obviously
3: he he will be.
2: Yeah, he will be. But he's not official, right?
3: Yeah, he will be. But yeah, for sure, it's going to come out. I mean, the thing is, is is you know. I don't. You, you can't knock him out. You know, when People you see, have written a little bit about it, not very much about it.
2: When you see a guy that's that flawed and has such an obvious story that that's so beyond fucked, hmm. d- does it make you feel like this has all been set up? Does it make you feel like they they put him in there because they knew he couldn't win? <sighs> Uh, it doesn't make sense to me that that's the best that the Republicans can do. I've met a lot of smart Republicans. I've met a lot of bad motherfuckers who are just mm. conservative and right-wing, and maybe they're a little too bible right. But, you know, I've met some pretty strong-minded, sure. very articulate Republicans. How come they never get there? How come we're dealing with these, these, like, second-rate hacks, these guys who just fucking change their opinion when the wind blows? Like, how does a guy like that get to a position to be running for president? Because that seems like that's a weak example of what a politician a leader can be we've seen the JFK's we've Mm. seen the Bill Clinton's Mm. we've seen the the people that have the strong voices when you have a guy who's a wishy-washy as Mitt Romney who comes from a fucking religious cult that was in northern Mexico I mean I'm like really that's the best you can do a multi multi multi-millionaire whose Mm. father was from another country but is against immigration Mm. what
3: Mm -hmm. I mean look uh, the the rumor is that they knew that they the economy is going to go keep, keep going down and, you know, jobs aren't going to get better, et cetera, et cetera. So they said, okay, you know, we'll just put up an also-ran and, you know, then we'll get the next two terms after that because the economy is going to be shit anyway.
2: Put Jeb Bush on tap. <laughs> there you go. For 2016. Go.
3: But, I mean, Mitt Romney, you know, they, it's, it's, it's funny because they want the anti-Obama, you know, so they just want to sort of
2: – They don't understand. Yeah. Uh, Obama is the first example I've ever seen in my life of it where it's pretty clear it doesn't matter anymore. Whatever it takes to get into office is I mean once once the the politician gets there that's all out the window. All all it is about there is keeping everything moving the exact same way it's moving right now, making mm. sure these corporations make fucking billions of dollars, making sure that the rights of the civilians get shrunk more and more every day until it gets to this Global scenario that we have where the whole world is controlled by money and money is the government and that's that's It seems to be where we're moving towards an actual real government Especially this idea of America what it was supposed to be you know a, a, a Government by the people we, we mm. were gonna set it up. We were gonna govern ourselves we We're gonna have a, a very strict set of laws and checks and balances in place to make sure this doesn't get out of hand and become what it used to be doesn't work that way. Mm. How do we fix this Shane Smith? How, How think, do we fix this? You're the world traveler, I think man. it's going
3: to get worse because, actually, money does rule everything, and I think that it probably always has. But, you know, if you look at, you know, communism, the synthesis of communism is that the market regulates itself, and you have a small thing for infrastructure. Same thing with capitalism, David uh, Ricardo, Adam Smith. <coughs> you know, the, the the free market sort of does need government. Um but I, and I believe that both were op- apologies for what was happening in the Industrial Revolution because everyone was looking around saying, this is fucked. You know, no, there were you know, kids working in coal mines, all that shit. But the reason why I say it's going to get worse, and I'm, not actually, a, I'm actually an optimist. I'm, a, I'm not a doom and gloom guy, but is that money runs everything, but the problem is is the money's running out, right? So you have kids. You know, in Spain, you have uh, under 27 years old, 50% unemployment. So you have all these young kids and there's nothing scarier than a young kid with no future. You've just taken away his future. They're, you know, 17, 18, 19-year-old kid. What what the fuck does he have to lose? Yeah. And you've seen the riots in Athens. You've seen the riots in London. You've seen the riots in Paris. You've seen the riots in, I mean, Tahrir Square. You've seen the, all over the there's world.
2: There's even riots in Montreal this there year. There you
3: go. And young people are getting more and more frustrated.
2: I should say protests in Montreal. They didn't really riot. Yeah.
3: And then the, the problem is that you know, well, look, they have riots here now. They have Occupy Wall Street here, you know, and it's, it's not going away. It's just, you know, sort of getting more and more subversive and they're, you know, doing their own uh, content networks and everything now. But, you know, when you have young kids rioting with nothing to lose, then you're going to look for radical economic solutions. And radical economic solutions mean radical political parties, radical political parties hate each other, and it's, this, it's the same sort of scenario you have that started World War II, incredible depression. You know, somebody comes up with a, what seemingly is sort of fixing the depression. Oh, we're all going to do that. No, we're going to do the antithesis of that. So you have communists versus fascists, et cetera, et cetera. And both, you know, extreme uh, sides of the spectrum, and then they end up warring, you know, fighting. And what's happening now is, you know, Europe is just fucked. And it's getting, going to get worse and worse and worse, and there's going to be more and more radical politics, more and more kids in the streets, and that's when I get worried and say, hold on a second, what are we going to do? Wait until there's, you know, militias running down Berlin you know, Main Street that's fighting other fucking police and whatever civil war. Uh, until we step in and say, hey, can can we not fix this? Because it's just getting fucking worse and worse and worse. And sure, you see bad shit in Afghanistan. You see bad shit in in South America. We just saw it in Caracas, where it's insane, uh, higher murder rate than America, (coughs) you know, with 20 million people population, blah, 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 blah. But Europe is about to fucking explode. It's about to explode.
2: So... This all has to do with the adoption of the euro. Is that what fucked this whole situ- situation up? Because the the whole because Europe is all connected, all the countries yeah. are connected now. Right? Well, I
3: think I think it's we've been in a depression because what's the difference between a recession and a depression? And depression goes on for you know it's a cyclical economic downturn. It it lasts you know a longer time than a recession. Well, we, because of quantitative easing, all these things, like economic things, we sort of kept it at bay. But right now, Europe's already back in recession, China slowed down, India's slowed down, America's very shortly going to slow down behind them, there's no way we can't. And you go, okay, well, it's another five years. So that means, okay, well, it started in 2008, it's going to be, you know, eight years, nine years before we get out of this. So economically, we had all these things that we tried to fix and it didn't work, so now there's just no money. No money, no jobs in the system. So young people are the ones who get forced out. The problem is, is young people are the first ones who are going to get out and get a stick and start bashing shit up. Because why wouldn't they?
2: Of course. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said that's the biggest problem with this country is that, you know, everybody wants to fix everything that's happening everywhere, but they don't want to fix what's going on in, in the impoverished areas of this country. When you There was a, something that was released today that uh, a study or I read today, rather, a study on a message it was on my message board, but I forget where the study was but it said that seventy two percent of uh black people in this country are born to single parents mm-hmm. And raised by single parents mm-hmm. that's fucked mm-hmm. that's just fucked you know if if we if we want to like start fixing things we got to fix this country too i mean if th- we we this 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 country could fall apart just as easily when you look at giant patches where kids are growing up without any hope and that's that's the most fucked thing when a child like as you said has no future Mm. they they feel they have no future and they're angry
0: they feel robbed
3: well it's if you you know you're saying well how do you how does it feel to come back to New York from Afghanistan you know well it reminded me so much of of 9-11 but it was like this stark thing whereas what what fucked me up more was when you're in Mexico, like five miles from the from the border, and shit is fucked up like some of the, you were just saying some of the crazy shit you've seen and generally you know makes you feel better about your life you feel oh you know I, I'm happy, I have all these you know health and things, but I went to a uh, <coughs> a church run outside of Juarez by a, a sort of born again pastor who is a an ex junkie and he takes in sort of the the refuse of, of 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 Juarez into this church, and it's like a lot of you know people with with severe psychological problems people with severe um, uh, uh, drug addictions and a lot of uh, uh, there was two feral children uh, not children they were f- n- adults now, but they had grown up feral like on the streets sort of thing one sort of barked like a dog and but you go and they live in these cells because some of them have to be locked in, and like there was you know people with open colostomy bags and stuff with flies buzzing around their innards and stuff and these things, and you're walking around and it was like just crazy, sh- fucking, just degradation, like feral people going ah, ah you know, and, and 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 like a nightmare, like it was crazy, you know, and and they they all he has the, the pastor gets them to paint and. All their paintings are fucking insane, like, so heavy and depressing, and a lot of them are missing limbs because of, you know, gangrene, and and so when you come from shooting there, and then when well, I was just in Vegas for the fights, and you walk around, and we went out, like, to, you know, a nightclub after the fights, and it's just Chanel and Louis Vuitton and this and that, and, like, everybody, you know, on the stores on the way to the nightclub, and then everyone dressed up and and you're, like as human beings we just want to forget you know we just want entertain TV more and enter- just spectacular shit just fucking lots of stuff because it's we like to bury our heads in the sand because that's just right here like that shit is happening just fucking you don't have to go to Afghanistan it's five miles from our border and so you know that that's what what you think when you come back from from places like that it's and, and by the way all the guns when we were there—it's the largest haul of ammunition it was over 250,000 rounds of ammunition, 7.62 ammunition—and it was coming from America. And I was like, "Oh, that's you know strange." They're like, no, all the guns are coming from America. All the guns, all the ammunition coming from America. All the drugs comes up from here, and all—excuse <coughs> me—and all the money comes from America. <coughs>
2: well, what was that one crazy uh, DEA idea? They're going to sell guns.
3: The Fast and the Furious. Yeah,
2: they sold guns with with markers. Yeah, so that they could find out who's using the guns, and those guns were directly used to kill agents.
3: <coughs> yeah, that well, they figured that was a scam.
2: It was a scam. Yeah, and that it's they just pretended that it was a a mission. Yeah, or a, I mean, just the fact that they could ever justify selling fucking guns, lots of guns to Mexican drug dealers. They had the. Uh, How could they possibly think that that would...
3: They had a killer caught with uh, the CIA, the old director of the CIA's ceremonial pistol. Whoa. (laughs) Like, you know, it has like director of the CIA on it.
2: Holy shit. So. Holy shit. Just the fact that they could say that that was an operation, and they could say, oh, this is what we're going to do. The way we're going to (coughs) track the network, we have to actually sell them real guns.
3: Yeah, the the Mexicans laugh at it. It's
2: hilarious. They're like,
3: like this is what the Americans are doing—just giving free guns to the narcos.
2: In order to find out what rapists are like, I'm gonna have to go get my duck sucked a lot. (laughs) I'm gonna really have to find out what it what it's like to rape people. So I'm gonna have to do some raping. What? The fuck? How is no one getting? Why is no one going to jail for that?
3: <clears throat> well, I mean, God knows the 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 whole. I mean, the, the majority of the police down in Mexico are corrupt. So every time the Americans try to do something with them, like it just gets you know. Well,
2: funny. how's no one in the American DEA going to jail for that? <clears throat> I don't know, man. That's don't know. Just, that just seems like the most ridiculous idea of all time.
3: Yeah, the worst <laughs> guy. The worst guy I've ever heard about is a guy named Aldrichin, and he's a, a narco that was fighting one of the Mormon colonies, but um, he's famous for, uh, you know, he's a, obviously the drug dealers, and, and so he went into a drug rehab center, or he didn't, but he had his people massacre them all, 18 different people in a, in a drug rehab center, just for being in a drug rehab center, you know, so, so he's, this is a very bad guy, um, and he kidnapped and killed some of the, uh, the Mormon, the, the LeBaron family. Um, but he is famous for getting caught on the other side of the border, on the American side of the border, with a Mexican military um, convoy filled with something like 15 tons of pot, and they had a firefight with the American border patrol, and then they they came back into Mexico, and they knew who it was. They knew that <laughs> they did. They knew he had had a firefight, but he went back to where he lives. Which is eight miles down the road from the Mormons, and the Mexican government didn't do anything. <coughs> Whoa! I got a frog, I a <coughs>
2: Jesus Christ! Fuck!
3: Yeah, El Riquin.
2: What a ballsy move! <coughs> you want a water or something, man? Yeah, maybe. We yeah. reach it. There you go. If you need more, we have a. There's a fridge right behind you. I'll grab you one.
1: Or I get some cigarettes.
2: Does that help? Yeah. You think that'll help? Maybe. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh, maybe.
3: <laughs>
2: what a ballsy move! That guy gets in a, a fucking armored carvoy with weed and Man drives it to f- America. And has a firefight with them. Holy shit! Now, what, how are these Mormons getting around in Mexico? Do They all take convoys now. Are they <coughs> like heavily armed and shit? They're heavily armed. Yeah. So do they, like, drive around with, like, tanks? Like, what what do they do? Because I know, like, a lot of the drug cartels, they have tanks now. They have
3: trucks with, you know, with guns and stuff.
2: So the Mormons drive around like they're in war. Yeah. Wow. What a nutty thing it must be for them, huh? Yeah. They are are at war. And they can't get out of there. Are they trying to plan to get out of there? They can get out of
3: there. A lot of them have American passports.
2: But they don't want to do
3: it. It's not like hanging with, like, Mexicans. These are, like, big, super tall... Cowboy hat wearing sort of Texas dudes.
2: But they're in Mexico. They're in Mexico, yeah. And they're going to war with these drug cartels. I would think that if you're ever in a place where you're at war with drug cartels, it's time to get the fuck out of (laughs) Dodge. We asked them that. What'd they say?
3: Well, this is my country. This is my home. It's hard to leave your home. Wow. Fuck Mm. that, it is.
2: That's (laughs) some silly nonsense to me. You know, I I think people have to get over that idea. You should live anywhere. Get your loved ones together and move where it's safe. The fuck out of here. Yeah. If you have money, I mean, if you have enough to do it. I, I can understand if you have to fight for your property, but that, that's a lost cause, that place. <coughs>
3: yeah, but, Wha- you know, they, they don't leave. It's, I mean, I, I had the same answer in, when I was in South Africa and we we're shooting, and there's, like, a lot of violence in South Africa. And I kept saying to people, why don't you leave? They said, this is our home.
2: Those people are idiots. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's just <that's> so ridiculous. <laughs> If you know there's a better spot on earth where this kind of, kind of shit doesn't happen, you can live well, your life in peace. Well, where home,
3: home invasions and, and assassinations and institutionalized rapes and all these things are just part of the daily equation, then, it's, then fuck it. I'm not doing that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. The fuck, man. How do we get the rest of the world anywhere near where we are here right now? Is that possible? Can the human no. condition evolve so much? that we could ever get everybody on a higher level all across the world? Or is this just a part of the program? The spectrum always goes from the worst-case scenario to the best-case scenario and every shade in between. Is that just how things keep moving? Is that just the conflict, the yin and yang? Is that, is that the, the, the pull and push of life?
3: That's the best question I've heard in a long time, but <laughs> I think it's unanswerable.
2: If anybody, if anybody <coughs> would have seen it, the spectrum as broad as humanly possible, I would think it would be you. You or
3: I mean, the thing is, is if you you, you, you see some things that, that are, that are great. Like we, we did a story on <clears throat> these scientists who are developing, um, machines that can sort of, um, harvest the atmosphere. So they can take out carbon and all the harmful things in the atmosphere and then sort of reduce it to CO2, which you can make, <clears throat> you can actually activate algae for biofuel or you can, uh. uh combine them with other elements and uh, lots of solar to make hydrogen cells and it might sound like you know we're clinging at straws here but when you start to think wow you know if we had unlimited if we have unlimited solar power and you have unlimited carbon a it stops global warming but b you can make you know hydrogen cells or biofuels and then you say wow that would be interesting because you could actually, you you could put hydrogen cells into like every new car. So every new car had to have that. So that's a whole new industry that we would run because of the patents. The only um, effluent that comes out of H, uh, hydrogen cells is pure HO2, which we're running out of water. So you say, hey, it could build a new economy, build this new world. And so when you start talking to the scientists who are really smart guys and realizing, well, you can sort of regulate, you know, the, the the amount of harmful toxins in the atmosphere, um, there is sanity. You know, there are people coming up with ideas. This could start a whole new economy, uh, you know, sort of set us out on this, you know, great right track. And you're like, wow, and you feel really good. And maybe we are going to be smart. Maybe we are going to put these machines to next to every factory. Maybe we are going to do this great stuff. <clears throat> and then the problem is, as you go to Africa or Southeast Asia, and, you know, we did a, a story on... Um, you know, a lot of people are going. Europeans and Americans are going to uh, um, Thailand. You know, to get uh, medical vacations, they call them. So you go there and you get a facelift and two weeks on vacation on Boracay or whatever. And so, you know, there, then you can get transplants. You can get this. You can get that. So more and more people are going for um, uh, medical procedures. So it's it started a war between the uh, uh, ambulance gangs to take uh, bodies, uh, you know, because let's say you hurt yourself, well, more than often than not you're not going to arrive alive because they want to harvest your your pieces. So Bangkok body snatchers. So there's, there's like street gangs that fight each other over the sort of dead and dying. So and say dying if someone
2: dying. falls and breaks their leg, yeah. they're not going to take you to the hospital. They're going to take your organs.
3: Well, if you're if you're injured, they're going to make sure that you don't arrive alive. And then they harvest your organs. So they kill you? Yes, they let you die.
2: No. They let you die? Yeah. They don't kill you? They let it well, slowly I, we, take we never. Away. They don't give you medical we attention? Never,
3: we never saw anybody sort of overtly being killed. We've heard about it, but... You don't want to say it? Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, they don't seem like they're ethical. So yeah. uh, well, I wouldn't imagine that would be outside the realm of yeah. possibility. Yeah. But I, I understand exactly where you're going with that. So, you don't want to so say on one side, you have
3: this sort of... Hope you know what well, we're gonna get our shit together. We're gonna have new fucking energy systems. That aren't gonna arm crazy people. and All this stuff, and then <clears throat> and then you go see that, and you're like, wait a minute, we're parasites. We're bad, bad people.
2: Yeah, I I did this thing before my uh, Showtime special in 2005, where I, I talked about human beings being a, a really complicated form of bacteria. Mm. So I, you know, I've had this idea a few times while tripping and inside tanks and and even on planes you know I've had this feeling like if you looked at the earth as a life force and you looked at human beings you would you would say well that's a growth you would say look it's it's everywhere it's it's it sucks all the fish out of the ocean Mm -hmm. it throws waste in there and kills all the rest of the life it fucks Mm -hmm. everything it touches it everywhere it lives there's brown smoke Mm -hmm. you burn down giant chunks of it it grows right back and even gets bigger Mm -hmm. It's like, this is like some crazy growth. Yeah. I'm like, if you didn't understand human... If we, you were so alien that human beings weren't identifiable as an individual, you would you would look at them as a giant, huge swarm of life on top of this other life. You wouldn't see individual people. You would see it just like mold. And I said that maybe we're here to eat the sandwich. Maybe we yeah. are like mold on a sandwich. That maybe we're just a really super complicated... Thing that's here to fuck things up that's why at the pinnacle of technology the the best we have to do is the shit that fucks things up the most yeah. like nuclear power nuclear waste you know, and, and all sorts of other crazy experiments that are probably going on right now that we're not even aware of, anti-matter type shit. They're, they're working on anti-matter weapons in, anti- in Area 51. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know, but it can't be good. It's like, what, nuclear power doesn't kill everybody quick enough, you fuckhead? Right. You need to develop something that kills everyone instantaneously? We right. have enough bombs to blow up the whole world, like how many times over? And they're like, yeah, but it doesn't do it quite as good as I think can be done. Yeah, yeah. They continue to make nuttier and nuttier weapons. You see that uh, the jet drone they've uh, developed that goes something like 18 times faster than the speed of sound—some right. insane amount—just to get over there and fuck things up as quick as possible. Yeah.
3: We don't need any better weapons. That's you know we have we have weapons that we don't even have the first clue about now.
2: Well, it's what I. But we, our nature as as animals, as an intelligent animals, is to keep trying to make better. things better. Yeah. It's like if we stopped right now with cell phones and said, we good? We good with this? We can talk? We can text? This is good enough, right? Can we just stop right there? No one would would take that. People would go crazy. Four years from now, they'd be fucking so mad at their iPhone. This fucking clunky old hunk of shit. Like, why can't they have something better than this now? People would be angry. We we have a deep desire for technological innovation. At the end of that is destruction. At the very peak of technology, the best we're capable of is blowing shit up. It makes you wonder if that's really what we're here for. It makes you wonder if we are not some weird technological caterpillar <coughs> that's becoming a butterfly. And all of our desires and ego and the need to get pussy and drive a fast car, all that shit really is just pushing the society. And the society is pushing technology. And t- technology, one day someone's going to press a fucking button and the whole thing, sh-
3: See, now I'm not going to be so smiley anymore.
2: Maybe that's the way <laughs> it's supposed to bum- be, though. You just bummed me out. Well, my theory is that that's how the universe gets born and dies mm. with us. And that the Bang Bang is really just a bunch of scientists with autism on anti-anxiety medication. And they make a Big Bang machine.
0: Mm.
2: And one of them presses it. And the whole universe starts all over again. Anyway. And it starts again with planets forming, and then life forms, and then dinosaurs, The dinosaurs get hit by an asteroid. Billions of years go by, the whole deal, and then one guy presses a button <laughs> on a big bang machine he makes, boom, and it starts all over again. Uh. Why not? If, the un- if it's possible for the universe to be the universe, that's possible too. It's possible that it's just a bunch of scientists with autism, and every 14 billion years they blow the whole fucking thing sky high, and it starts from scratch. Uh,
3: well, definitely... Uh we're gonna have to eat, drink, and be merry then because we're all going. To That's
2: be, what I'm talking uh, about. Right, yeah, all right. What do you think when you talk to these people that are like? I mean, for you, you are a realist. You're a dude who's seen the dark parts of the world. When you talk to people and they, you know, they start hitting you with some fucking power of positive thinking type shit and hit you with the secret or Eckhart Tolle and you know, like, do you do you want to like when that whole the secret thing was going on? Do you want to say, listen, you, your fucking environment is real. Okay, right. you don't create it with your mind. <laughs> It's real. There really are parts of the world that suck. And positive thinking is not going to get you out of Mogadishu, right? right?
3: Well, <clears throat> we are in Pasadena. I mean, like, you know. Positive you, thinking got you here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, you know, New York tends to be a bit more cynical and L.A. tends a bit, to be a bit more it's weather. positive thinking. Weather yeah.
2: and pretty girls. That's what it does it. That's it. For real. Yeah.
3: And space
2: space um, the fact that it's not you don't get rained on hardly ever and it's right. never cold right. that's huge yeah, yeah, yeah. that east coast winter thing is that's bullshit yeah. that's retarded everybody gets angry <laughs> yeah your face hurts yeah. you know that shit's no good you get stuck on the highway you ever get stuck on the highway yeah the whole fucking highway shut down black ice that's always fun <laughs> black ice that shit doesn't happen here doesn't happen here at all so people are more relaxed.
0: Yeah, it really is. That.
2: Plus, the, the people that landed on the East Coast were all animals who were so fucking fed up with Europe mm. that they got on boats. They got on boats mm. and they got went across an ocean before there was TV. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they decided to move to this new country that they didn't have probably even have good pictures of. Right, you know, someone just told them there's a land of plenty, and they decided to get in a boat and give it a shot. Those people are psycho. Right. I mean, those are some really adventuresome fucking people.
3: Well those were the those were the first ones those were all adventuresome. but the ones you said okay you're going to go out that way we don't know how far it is and we don't really know if you're going to get there and by the way there's all kinds of you know tribes that are going to try to scalp you and rape your daughters and all this shit as you go through there and there's mountains that are probably impassable and you're going to have to eat your kids just go yeah go west and, Yeah. and 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 it was it was the, when we say frontier it was like the frontier yeah. it was we don't know what's, what's next. We don't know what's beyond there. And so, for those people to say, I'm going to leave, I'm like an Irish fucking potato picker, and I lived in New York for three years, and that was no good. So, I'm going to go out and, and I'm just going to go out into fucking absolute wilderness where pe- everybody hates me and the animals want to eat me, and I'm just going to keep
2: going until I hit the
3: other ocean. It's
2: crazy. And it's amazing how quick it happened. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, bing,
0: whoosh. Uh Within
2: a couple hundred years, a giant fucking swarm of millions of people had completely populated this one continent that, before that... You know, the last time people came across here was the Ice Age. Yeah. There wasn't really a lot of human beings living here. No. What, what most people don't know is that North America, just a little over 10,000 years ago, half of it was covered by a mile of ice. Mm-hmm. I mean, wrap your head around a mile of fucking ice above mm-hmm. your head. Yeah. And that covered half this country. Yeah. This is this country that we don't understand, like the history of humanity in the world. We have a very um, p- patchy sort of uh, knowledge of everything past the Ice Age. Everything when, about people 10,000 plus years ago, it's a lot of. It's, there's some bullshit. There's a lot of bullshitting because there's a lot of information they're not willing to look at. Right. Some new stuffs come along, new construction that they found, like in Turkey, this Göbekli Tepe that's at least fourteen thousand years old, massive, mm. v- excellently cut stone columns, civilization, clear yeah. civilization, back in a time where they're attributing all, that area only as hunter and gatherers. There is right. no civilization. There's no cities. Where's the fucking city, man? You gonna right. you gotta explain this? Yeah. Not, not only that, as drawings of. Or, um, statues that are carved into it like these 3d images of animals that don't even exist in that area that part of the world so it's uh, it's it's real possible that shit like you know the ice being over half of this country that's moved around Mm. for tens of thousands of years and there's probably been these pretty kind of nifty sophisticated civilizations but maybe they get to a point not even as far as we've gotten right now Mm. but maybe get to some previous point Mm. and just implode like those crazy assholes in Pakistan or implode like Nazi Germany sure. or or implode like a million different examples from yeah. Genghis Khan to to you know to the Catholic Church look at all the crazy shit that's gone on in this country this 100%. yeah it it easily could be like that always yeah. and that we've gotten to these really amazing Atlantean type civilizations and just fucking chaos <laughs> boom somebody comes in strapped up with dynamite who the fuck knows right. and just Aces the whole thing. There's one part of the world, somewhere in the Middle East, I forget where it is, where there's um, there they, they found glass in the desert. They found like this area in a satellite image. God, I wish I had more information about this from the tip of my fa- tip of my uh, tongue, but the the it was either some sort of an asteroidal impact or. Like hundreds of thousands of years ago, somebody had a fucking gigantic explosion there. Right. Like w- w- if it was like some sort of civilization right, right, and right. they flattened that motherfucker out. That's not outside the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. That someone figured out something, some sort of massive way to fuck things up. You know, that we're the only ones that have ever figured that out throughout history. It's very possible that somebody else might have done. T- we, we might have done this whole dance to the top a couple of times before tumbling. Yeah. You know, this is just the highest we've ever gotten and we're, kept it together. We're
3: very good at destroying shit, that's for sure.
2: I've got this guy coming on June 7th, for those of you who have uh, been asking me about this, uh, John Anthony West, and uh, he's uh, this Egyptologist yeah. who is uh, famous for his uh, work in uncovering the fact that there's not just one Egyptian civilization that they're dealing with. You're dealing with old, older and older civilizations that go back to 30-plus thousand years. Mm-hmm. There's actual hieroglyphs that show that Egyptian civilization goes back that far. Like, they even named the pharaohs. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, modern-day Egyptologists have looked at all this stuff and, and said, that, well, oh, that's a myth. Right. Like, everything was real up until about 5,000 years ago, and all the rest of that stuff, is just they just made that shit up. Right. Because it doesn't, it doesn't coincide with our own ideas of how long civilization has been around for. So. You know, it just seems to me that we, when you look at how sophisticated we are today and how close we are to fucking it up and how badly it is fucking up and all the places in the world that you described... It seems like the odds that we haven't done this already, like, it just seems really small. And I think we've got a lot of amnesia when it comes to the past of of humans. And I think you also have to factor in physical things that we can't control, like the Earth, volcanoes, earthquakes, asteroidal impacts, shit Mm -hmm. like that. You know, when I'm driving here today, I was driving on the the 118, and uh, it's beautiful. You're going through the hills, the mountains, and I'm looking up, and I'm just saying, it, it is amazing that we are basically in the whole world is a convertible. Right. There's no top.
0: Yeah.
2: And we're just, just, we just have sort of accepted that. We're just. Head to the universe mm. just nothing but space and fucking giant rocks can fall from the sky and crush your country <laughs> And we've just sort of completely forgotten about that. I mean, there's there's impact holes that you can visit mm-hmm. I mean if you look at the general life of the universe, you know the universe being billions of years old right now look at all the holes on earth and then you just think, how long have we been around? 4.6 billion years. How many holes are there? This is going to happen again, you motherfucker. Right. This We're forgetting that this shit happens. Like There's hundreds of thousands of them. You so. know, they're as big as states, yeah. and they're flying through the air. And they're going to land. Yeah. And they're going to fuck up everything.
3: You're really depressing me. You can throw
2: that. No, it's not bad, man. I think... I, I think if that's if we're gonna go, that's that's a fucking amazing way to go. That's right. that's gonna be quick. It's gonna be quick and it's gonna be crazy. And you don't have to worry about anybody suffering. Yeah. You know, it's like we're not afraid to sleep, but everybody's afraid to die. Mm. And both of them are inevitable. It's gonna happen. You're gonna die. It's not like we're gonna live forever if the asteroid doesn't come. Mm. We're gonna die for sure. That might be a crazy way to do it. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's good, but it might not be bad. It might be the way it has to happen for the next ultra intelligent thing to come along that wouldn't have existed before the dinosaurs wouldn't have existed before us Maybe the I'd next rather
3: thing. I'd rather go out by an asteroid than a series of sort of dirty bombs by some sort of cult or religious you know terrorism
2: did you see the latest footage from Syria all the murdered children yeah what the fuck is going on over there
3: well it's the same thing you know that 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 happened in Libya it's the same thing you know that might happen in Egypt um, you know when people fight it's you're, you know what you said about vietnam <clears throat> don't they re- remember vietnam and you know when you go to these places and you see what injuries look like which are colostomy bags and you know legs that are gone and arms that are gone you say well you know why would you ever do this again and then you know generation forgets and then they go do something else they go just go do it again
2: how do we how do we stop the cycle? Is it possible without mushrooms? <coughs> I don't think so. Are mushrooms the only way? I think it's, that's what I I'm think thinking. the
3: asteroids have to do it. Asteroids? I'd rather have the asteroids do
2: it than We well, you know the concept of asteroids coming from <coughs> mushrooms? No. Or, excuse me, <laughs> mushrooms coming from asteroids? <laughs> asteroids coming from mushrooms. This Maybe the world comes from mushrooms. This Maybe. is
3: getting to be a really trippy. <laughs> well, this is
2: uh, from McKenna. McKenna's theory, uh, well, panspermia is a real theory of life. Right. You know, the, the theory that amino acids and certain nutrients and things, and water, in fact, comes from comets and asteroids. And that life is transferred from planet to planet by asteroidal impact. This is a legit scientific theory. Well, McKenna's theory about psilocybin was that psilocybin is completely alien to any other form of life that we have here on earth. There's mm-hmm. nothing like it biologically or biochemically. It's a, I think it's I'm not I'm not saying exactly right, but I believe it's like 4 fox 4 loloxy nn dimethyltryptamine It mimics the human neurotransmitter uh, dimethyltryptamine which is Mm. a potent psychedelic drug it mimics that but it also has like the phosphorus in the four position which apparently no other no no other compound on earth does Mm. and the idea is that spores can exist in a vacuum and that spores could easily uh, have traveled through the vacuum and the radiation of space Mm. and landed from another planet here created this life form that wants you to eat it so it (laughs) pops up and looks like a dinner plate (coughs) and it pops up all over the place everywhere you go it's not hiding at all and Karmically, it's literally at the bottom of the food chain. It lives on shit. Mm. It's just a humble little thing that wants you to come along and eat it. And when you eat it, you're granted spectacular visions. (laughs) Spectacular visions and feelings of love and God and unity and the thoughts of the universe being entirely connected in one big mathematical equation, Mm. computations and cells and organisms and fucking all the way down to atoms and subatomic particles and then branching out again. And all this shit comes from something that grows out of shit. Yeah. All this shit comes from something that comes from space. And the idea is that our our concept of life and our concept of intelligence is very narrow. And we egocentrically have assumed that all intelligence must be contained inside a brain. Right. In some sort of an intelligent, upright body that we can respect. That's going to come here from another planet and show us how to use a laser gun. You know, but in fact intelligence can exist in plant form mm-hmm. and that intelligence in in, in spectacular visions and uh, and knowledge all comes out of a dimension that you cannot access without these molecules that exist in these plants and it opens literally chemical doorways in the mind mm-hmm. it's a pretty fascinating idea the fact that you know that is alien invasion that mushrooms right. are an alien invasion
3: i got to read this. Who's McKenna?
2: Terrence McKenna? Yeah. He's a, who's a crazy psychedelic chemist slash botanist right. uh, slash, uh, I think his degrees were all in ethnobotany. Mm-hmm. And his, uh, I think his main study of work was the concept of uh, the stoned ape theory. Um, that and his idea of time wave zero, which would, the idea was that time was like a mathematical progression of waves, and that like uh, novelty and terrible times would all just, they would all be, almost be predictable. Mm. That you could, it was some sort of a mathematical equation of getting to infinite novelty, which was like in this year, supposedly. Really? Which is probably horseshit. But uh, his other th- the fascinating theory was the mushroom theory, the stoned ape theory, and that was the, the theory that that's how human beings actually evolved from lower primates was the consumption of psychedelic mushrooms. And his theory, actually, I don't know if it's been supported by a lot of different scientists. I know there's some debate on whether or not his timelines are right, yeah. but it's uh, based on the idea that a, m- a bunch of monkeys ate some mushrooms and then helped them evolve.
3: It's interesting how many theories there are about how we got from of that to this
2: yeah well it's crazy you look at we go to visit them in the zoo i took my kids to the zoo the other day and i'm staring at my cousins in a cage
3: well here in the home of scientology you know they believe that the aliens came and (laughs) the feetans went into the monkeys and that's what we are we're just vessels
2: for alien souls well that's the sexiest idea yeah sexiest idea is the anunnaki stuff you know the stuff that we were created by aliens and we're a genetic engineering program and you know, you look at like stuff from the Sumerian text from like six thousand years ago that depicts the Anunnaki coming here, and how do you not know that that's not science fiction? Maybe that's like their version of uh, sure. outer space, yeah. or uh, the outer limits or something like that.
3: Well, it's 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 insane how many people are like this was this was how it happened. It's aliens. Yeah. It's yeah. mushrooms. It's this. It's that.
2: Well, the weird thing is the doubling of hum- of the human brain size. I don't know what the fuck happened, man. Mm. But I think it's probably a lack of information more than it is. Uh, I, I think it's, it can't just be mushrooms that we did. Mm. If we did, that would be amazing. <laughs> if it was like mushrooms all you have to do is just regularly eat mushrooms, your brain would just grow. If we just got on mushrooms, within 100 years, we'd look like those gray aliens, just giant heads. Yeah. We wouldn't need any muscles because we would use our minds to control matter. We'd just be moving shit around constantly with our minds. I feel a mushroom chirp coming on today, I think. <laughs> You think so? I think I'm ready to do it today. Well you got that um you got one over here, man. You want a cigarette? Um that's gonna uh, fix it. Yeah, today I was thinking how much I love you. I hate cigarettes and I'm handing them to you. (laughs) I'm like, I just want you to like me. I just want you to be happy, Shane. (laughs) I love you too.
3: You're 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 blowing my mind today. Um, a lot of people you're blowing
1: been, my mind always. A lot of people have been passing around this uh, speech that you gave. Uh, I forget it was some conference lately right. where you were talking about the future of television. Can, uh-huh. can you explain it? Because I haven't actually watched it yet, but yeah. I'm I'm interested in what you.
3: Had. Yeah, <clears throat> um, it was a speech uh, for Internet Week about you know everyone's online versus versus cable, and. You know, what I was saying was, so I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a, a, a anything pl- planned that was very smart. So I I was flying back actually from Afghanistan. No, I was flying back, yeah, from Afghanistan, and I ducked into Pakistan to see the Karachi shoots. So I was flying back from Pakistan. And <clears throat> I was thinking about all the kids that I had seen who were going insane and who were, you know, the guys who would kill for 10 bucks. And this is fucking, cr- just crazy fucking dudes. And I was like, "Look, the youth everywhere in 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 Asia and Africa and in Europe here, everyone's fucking revolting." <clears throat> but what what are we making? Like, so and then, I went to do the upfronts, which is where all the TV shows get sold and online shows get sold. And you have like The Voice, which is, which is the biggest show, which is just American Idol. You know, TV is a derivative of TV. TV is just making shittier and shittier shows based on itself. And then the on the internet, which could be this, it could be revolutionary, because it's better. Because you can be watching something, then text somebody, then get information, mm-hmm. then Google this, and fucking what's going on here and here. And <clears throat> instead of trying to be and, and say what the fuck is going on, and by the way, young people are revolting all around the world, and they want they, this is how they get their news now. They get it through blogs and online shit here and there. They don't even watch TV anymore. But instead of doing something innovative and challenging and revolutionary, we just do... Shittier versions of TV shows with right. half the budgets, and so it's these shitty sort of Google shows. You know what really pisses me off is da, da, da It's like America's Home, you know, funniest home videos with a with a sort of annoying host. And you're like, why don't we, why don't we use the internet? Why don't we use you know the the, the social networks and you know video and all the stuff we can do now to actually do something that's good and revolutionary and start changing shit because when he asks and says well how do we fucking stop all this shit well the first way you stop about it is stop it is to find out about it well, so we have to know about it and then we know about it and then we can do shit like we can not buy certain things you know dollar advocacy you know consumer advocacy is the most powerful you know tools we have et cetera et cetera but first of all is knowing about it and, and so I just sort of got really pissed off that the internet has become so derivative and so shitty and just trying to mimic T V and T V is shit. Yeah. So let's try to fucking make something that actually people understand whether people like whether people that helps people or, or 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 they understand of shit. Like for example, like Coney twenty twelve, you're like well, it's, it shows that it's viral. It shows that people actually want to know this shit, and shows that. But like, it was, it was, it was okay. Like, it was this sort of half-assed thing. What did you think
2: about that whole situation? I mean, that that is another example of one of the reasons why I believe that life is work of fiction. A fucking guy decides that he's gonna make this viral video against James Coney. Whacking it, whacking it, whacking it. Oh. Is that his name? Charles Coney, James Coney. James Coney. Is going to make this viral video, expose the world to, to this horrible person. But they're getting a disproportionate amount of the money goes to them. And then uh, they get accused of being uh, unscrupulous, whatever the words sure. you would use. to, They didn't do anything illegal. They're they they a little funky with the money. Then the guy shows up naked yeah. in the streets, beating off, acting gay. Did uh, you see the
3: video? Yeah. Uh, Dude, that's th- like craziness. Like, yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, they didn't. I'm sure they didn't think, you know, they, they went, there's these, you know, kids, they go over and they shot it, you know, fair fox to them. You know, it's, a, I've been there, it's a bad part of the world. And, and, you know, what, it's interesting on a few points. One, because it shows that the fucking, like everyone says, kids don't care, we don't, people don't care about anything outside of America. Like it's a big, in media, they always say don't do anything, you know, outside of America, people just don't give a shit about it. Well, I think it shows that people do give a shit about it. and And these guys weren't expecting it to become a huge thing. And you know, so obviously, when weird shit happens to you, you have different ways of coping. This guy cope by going fucking completely shape shit crazy, <laughs> <laughs> which actually seems appealing sometimes. Like when life's really hard, you're just like, I'm going to take off my fucking clothes. Off <laughs> oh, there's fucking serial killers and assassins everywhere. Oh, I'm just, I don't, am going to get your fleshlight Fucking go <laughs> hey. up.
2: That guy was on the street in his underwear, he got naked. He was like flailing his arms around and acting like super gay. Yes. I wonder what he was on. What makes you act gay besides being gay? <laughs> 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 Mostly cocks, balls, oh, booty holes, red band flashlights. Oh. What is uh?
3: Well, yeah, Cody, I mean, the thing is, is it, it became huge, and I think it shows that there's a massive audience. Anyway, so that the it's whole, possible. Yeah, and the whole thing is, is let's make shit that actually isn't shit. Let's make stuff that you know uh, uh, is telling the stories, and and so that's what we're doing. And I said, you know, look, if if it's Vice who's doing it, then we're really in fucking trouble, because I didn't come up, you know with any sort of save the world complex. Yeah, but right, you're
2: not compromised yet. And as a human being, when you gotten to the point where you see this information, you're not compromised. So you're right. releasing it and you're focusing on it right. and you have an honest eye for what, what Well, it's
3: also when we went around the world and expanded the company, you just see all this shit happening and you're like, what the fuck? Why isn't anybody fucking saying this shit? And then but but I always say that look if we're if we're a news source then it's the world's in trouble because we were a style mag. You know, we, we all we gave a shit about was fucking you know famously say, you know, cocaine supermodels, rare denim, and and sneakers. And then when you go around the rest of the world, you're like, holy fucking shit. And you sort of, you know, come out of the pond and go, okay, well, we got to do something about this.
2: Well, I think that's probably... They're here to get you. Yeah. They've had enough. I think uh, it's probably, you know, the only way journalists ever become journalists in the first place they 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 have something that they feel needs to be said right Right. they have this desire to to send a message and that comes from seeing things that are wrong seeing things that need to be reported on things that you know and and it turned you into a journalist I mean essentially the reality of the world turned you into a journalist and you're the perfect example of uh, what a journalist should be, because you're not compromised, because you can do these stories, and you can, you can. I mean, if you had someone overseeing you, someone from NBC or CBS, do you, right. do you think you could have gotten any of this stuff done? Well, if you said to them, "Hey, I'm going to go to Pakistan and I'm well, going to meet with the Taliban," I, I don't,
3: and... I don't think. Yeah, we we wouldn't be allowed to do a lot of the stuff that we do because we just we just go. And, and, and you know you don't get
2: permits. You guys just go. Don't generally don't get permits. Do you ask for the people if you could put them in a movie or on television? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. The yeah. Internet? yeah, yeah. The people they, they sign anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sign things. Yeah,
3: yeah. But uh, people generally want to tell their stories. But I mean, ask government permission or police permission or you know the things you're supposed to. Or also, um, you're generally supposed to go with security teams. And we're like, well, the, I did a security team once because we were doing a show with MTV and, um. They made us get one in Beirut, and I'd been to Beirut like twenty times and Beirut's not that bad. there's sometimes and parts of it that are bad, but and and we were walking target because you just have all these dudes like oh talking gosh. and so I said I'm never going to have security ever again because that's the sure way that you're not going to get a story or the real people aren't going to talk to you or everyone's going to think what who are the fuck these guys right so we go and you just you just we call it immersionism. you just go immerse yourself you know, in, in in the place and then just, you know, press record. Don't go in with any sort of preconceived ideas or notions or political paradigms or I'm going to prove this because generally you're not going to prove that. Like, for example, if you went to Somalia and said, I'm going to prove that these guys are barbarian pirates and you know, then you're going to shut yourself off to exactly what you said, which is, well, actually, we illegally irradiated their whole coast and illegally overfished it so that they're starving. And they're like, well, we're going to tax the... The people who did this to us.
2: Yeah, they're called the People's Coast Guard. The, what, the Voluntary Coast Guard of the, Somalia. Yeah, That's what they call themselves. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Oh. Dude, if anybody knows how to fix this, it's you. No. You see it all. I think it's the internet. Yeah. Well, I think it's the only hope we have. The internet and technology. The technology like what you were saying about pulling carbon out of the atmosphere and, and cleaning the air and, and reusing the fuel. Yeah. Using. That makes sense. I mean, if technology can put it out there, it seems like, you know, we should be able to harvest it. Maybe not now, maybe 100 years from now, whenever the fuck it actually becomes viable. Well, somebody
3: asked me at Internet Week, the guy said, well, what if I'm not angry? You know, I'm, whatever, 22, and, you know, I, I'm not angry, and I want to go get an MBA and make money. And I said, great. You know, I think that that there was the sort of our grandparents' generation that that, you know, were they didn't know better so they were like oh space age food you know <laughs> the tv dinners and right. let's produce all the food let's make it all with computers and or whatever you know assembly lines and so it started to be bad for us you know it started to you know all these things uh, agent orange let's you know do you know, all these terrible things but they didn't know any better The technology was sort of their you know savior but the baby boomers you know they were the first generation that knew better but still became the largest energy consumers the largest garbage producers all this thing gen x has sort of slipped by but guess what the bills here and it's going to be gen y like they have to pay there is no there's no get out of jail free card now so as you're seeing economically and you know socially and culturally and politically the, the, we're shifting and if you if you just want to sort of say i'm going to stick my head in the sand which we've done for a little while i don't think you're going to be able to anymore
2: i agree <coughs> with you and i agree that with that things are shifting and i also think that that's why these uh, attacks on the constitution have been permitted and uh, and are being pushed through i think they've uh, they've seen the prognosis and they've seen the future and the future is the trends that we see on the internet. It's a trend towards a more libertarian line of thinking. It's a trend towards a smaller government, more accountability, less bureaucracy. The idea of creating jobs doesn't mean you create some new fucking laws that you have to saddle everybody with and a bunch of people to enforce those laws. And that's what they, a lot of these politicians like to think of as creating jobs. You know, it's not ju- you're creating problems and you cunts that are keep attacking the Constitution and pulling uh, amendments apart and, and, and really defacing the whole idea what this country was founded on. They're doing it just because they sense the future. And the future is not it's not and it's not going to work the way it works now. It's just not. We're not going to deal with this whole idea of a representative government. And we're not going to deal with special interest groups. That shit is nonsense. That's got to go away.
3: Yeah, I think if you look at, at what's happening, too, is if you look at. Syria for example if you look at at uh, what happened in Egypt or, or Libya you know I spent a lot of time in, in those countries just before the the revolution I got arrested in in Libya and then when I went back I, you know and I said it you know I would have never called this you know not a lot of people did I would have I would have said the opposite because it was so restrictive and it was so you know hardcore and everyone was so pro regime but because of the internet, because of Twitter, because of Facebook, because of all these social tools, you had all these young people able to communicate and say, actually, I'm pissed off too. Oh, you're, oh, we're all fucking pissed off. Hey, let's change. And I think that, you know, that's, that change isn't going to be pretty in a lot of cases, and it's going to be problematic, but you do have young people who are taking up arms. Now, you also have young people who are just smashing the shit out of cities like they did in Paris, and especially in London uh, last summer. But, you know, what happens when, when you know, Occupy Wall Street becomes... Egypt, you know, to try to smash the status quo. What happens when Occupy Wall Street becomes Syria or becomes Libya? And you know, it's it's not in the foreseeable future, maybe. But I couldn't, I didn't call Libya or Egypt or Syria either. You know, there's a lot, a lot of of, of unrest out there, and there's a lot of people communicating that unrest. And in fact, if you see that in America, it's growing. And that if I was, uh, you know, campaigning uh, this summer, then I would be focusing on. Oh, we have a huge fucking groundswell a- a- and a global groundswell of dissatisfaction with the only group that's actually going to get off their ass and do something about it.
2: You must have uh, at least some emotional attachment to Julian Assange and uh, the WikiLeaks case. Sure. Um, when you see this uh, the, this case and this Bradley Manning kid, yeah. this this uh, who's I believe is still in solitary confinement. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if does he have a court date. I mean, I don't know, but uh, they just lock this kid in a box, yeah. and c- cut him off from humans until he's got. I'm sure he's completely crazy at this point. Yeah. I don't think you cannot go crazy in solitary confinement for five years. I think. Well,
3: it just shows that conspiracy theorists aren't crazy. I mean, They're not crazy at all because uh, the majority of 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 these are 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 proof that there are you know. Very sordid and unseemly things going on every day.
2: A hundred percent. And the, the information that that guy released alone makes him a hero. Uh-huh. That guy released things that are anti-American. He released things that are they're war crimes. He right. saw war crimes. We're not war criminals. We're Americans. We're American. Uh-huh. This is how uh, most proud Americans feel. Mm-hmm. We're American and we're not cunts. Mm-hmm. That's it. We don't take any bullshit, but we're not cunts. That's that's. When you get a guy who feels that, and he's an American, and he's a soldier, and he wants to, you know, he's a voluntary soldier, signed up to represent this government, and he sees this government doing horrible shit that's not being reported, it's being covered up. Covering shit up when you do crimes is not how crimes get resolved. Well, since
3: when did telling the truth and... and um, keeping governments and big business in check, become anti-American. That guy's a goddamn
2: patriot. He's exactly. a patriot and he's locked in a box. And then Julia Assange gets in trouble. This WikiLeaks thing is so fascinating, man. People were accusing me of getting my information wrong. But no, he's, in, he's not even a, a, a accused of rape. He's a, accused of having sex without a condom. I wasn't lying. He apparently, you know, they were sleeping together and he stuck it in this chick. I don't, I don't know the fucking full story. But the bottom line is, that's why they're trying to d- mm. export this guy. Mm. Like, if that's not the craziest thing, we're going to regulate voluntary sexual... I mean, two people are naked in bed. We're going to decide what didn't, didn't happen between a guy and a girl. And you're going to spend that much fucking money to monitor this guy and make sure he checks in constantly. And this, he's put videos online of his, his daily routine. He has to drive to the police station and check in before he can do things. It's under house arrest. The whole thing is madness.
3: Well, the thing is, is the fact that they they keep going on on the story and saying, yeah, we don't want him for actually blowing the whistle on every (laughs) crime that's been going on in the government. We want him for this sort of weird, you know, quasi thing that happened in Sweden that wouldn't be considered anything anywhere else.
2: Well, yeah. What? I think someone described it as surprise sex. Like that's not it's not even rape, technically. It's like they had had consensual sex, but right. with a condom, and then they were lying in bed. I don't know what the fuck really happened. So right. I shouldn't even be saying yeah, this. But sure. the idea that they're they're wasting so much resource on a sexual issue that's not even a violent one, not even right. rape,
3: but it's kind of smart actually because it's it. For example, it's you know, it's the one thing that you you know you can't say. Well, they just drummed it up and it's bullshit. And uh, because yeah, well, rape is very serious. It's know? the worst. It's the worst. So. You're in you're in a, a catch twenty two of saying, well, they just drummed it up to get this guy for blowing the whistle, but yet at the same time they drummed up the one thing that you're sort of taboo to go against.
2: It's the number one thing, yeah. yeah. And but they didn't they couldn't even get a good version of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the story is so weak. Like right. if, if it was, you know, he roofied her and he did sure. this, and he tied her up, and took pictures, and we have the pictures. Right. Oh well, the guy's obviously a cunt that released important information.
3: Right. But I think the sad thing about it is that you look at you know. Deep throat, you know who you know announced who he was and all this stuff, and he did it to, to save the government and all that stuff. He's a hero, right? Right. And <clears throat> and you know, well,
2: it depends on who won. You know, yeah, exactly. if Bradley Manning could come out to be a hero, Julian Assange right. could come out to be a hero if there was right. some crazy revolution right. in the future. You know, we realize this is the turning point of American society when they said, we're not going to take this bullshit anymore. When they watched that collateral murder video and realized, exactly. what are we doing to our children when we're forcing them to even think like this? This is oh, this is acceptable. This is, You have this one shot at life, and this is how you're going to spend some of your time yeah. shooting missiles down at innocent people wandering through the street.
3: But, but my question is, when did it changed from journalism and the fourth Estate's job being to make sure that politicians weren't lying to make sure the corporations weren't doing these bad things and you know, i think watergate
2: and, changed it and, right
3: well i think <coughs> actually distribution i think changed it because four companies run all news media and they're all major global corporations that all have huge advertising and so they're conflicted and they don't go after politicians and i remember during the, the the Iraq War, <clears throat> you know, people knew that there, you know, that this was all a construct. They knew that, you know, there weren't weapons of mass destruction. They knew that I, everyone was used to joke. I used to hang out with other journalists, and they'd say, well, "Of course," I mean, Al Qaeda is, is the opposite of, of the Baath Party. They, they, How far do you take
2: them. that? How far do you take the 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 whole you know uh, idea of conspiracy? I don't know if it's it's a There's cons- certainly a conspiracy. I don't know if it's to to a conspiracy. I think Iraq, there, I right? think
3: yeah for sure. And but that's been admitted to now, mm-hmm. and and I think that the the the, the because of nine eleven the press got co opted, and it became un American to say anything bad about the government or the military, and I think that that is a, that is was one of the sort of turning points a because that's bullshit, and B, because young people got completely disenfranchised by news media because we saw it all happen. We say, wait a minute, you know, this doesn't sound right. And then afterwards, they're like, yeah, there was no weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, there was no al-Qaeda here. (laughs) And you're like, well, uh, but we knew that. But we kept saying it. The, The news media became part of a government propaganda program, and everybody just went along with it. And that's fucking scary, because... No matter who's in government, you know, if they can just put together propaganda, how is that different than, you know, than Nazi Germany? How is it that different than than any of these totalitarian regimes where they say, yes, you know, uh, you know Kim Il-sung is God or whatever? Like, how is that any different? Because you can use the Fourth Estate as your PR agency.
2: Well, there was... The CIA had released some sort of a statement right after the war with Iraq had started that they were going to start releasing fake stories to throw off the enemy. And once, once you admit to doing something like that, that's an incredibly slippery ground. Like That's the only way to defeat the enemy is you have to uh, put out fake stories and lie to everyone, and we're supposed to give you that power. like what kind of checks and balances are in place before that stuff gets distributed? It, you know where, what the fuck is going on here?
3: Well, it's also you know, a Memorial Day, you said it exactly right, is that you know, what are we doing sending you know going in with what's our mission to go into Afghanistan? What's our mission? Well, we have a mission with al Qaeda, Taliban, Taliban, Taliban. Okay, now we're letting the Taliban in because, well, we've lost. We're saying, okay, well, we have to have power sharing with them. And so you say, well, and everybody knows it's going to go right back to civil war. So you're like, well, why did we come here? Why did we do all this? Why, like, what the fuck?
2: So you don't think that it's some sort of a grand conspiracy to extract minerals and all that stuff. You think it's much more of a clusterfuck shit decision by government and then being in place because of momentum and because of the fact there's contractors and they all want to keep Re- getting paid Re- and they
3: resource wealth for sure and it was the it was the story that, that you know we broke in Sudan that time, you know, Darfur is oil. Um and resource wealth, you know, we did it in the Congo. We've done it in a lot of stories all over the place. I wouldn't say I, I would say they got caught in the quagmire of Afghanistan, much like the Soviets did. They went in there, they were trying to do something, and they just got sucked in, and then it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And look, it got so, it's so bad on every level. I mean, America's in there tr- trying to fight this war on drugs, war on drugs, war on drugs. They've been in there 12 years. There's never been more heroin for cheaper or higher quality ever. In fact, it's so good that they put the golden triangle out of business. It's all coming from Afghanistan now. And so America's the biggest drug dealer in the world because we're just sitting there running this country that just ships out all the heroin in the world.
2: How much of a piece does the CIA have of that? Who knows? I would
0: would
3: say that, you know, look, it's been documented that they were part of the original uh, uh, outflux into America from Vietnam during the Vietnam War um, as a way to keep urban populations sort of at bay. Um, That's well documented. That was
2: like a real social experiment? they would bring heroin into the ghetto to yeah really but
3: that's 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 well documented yeah
2: but is it well documented the intentions yeah
3: because there was civil uh, unrest in the major urban centers so they they allowed heroin to go in because it took away all sort of well everything except for <laughs> heroin addiction yeah so i mean if it's been a part of their policy in the past obviously they're going to be incredibly sensitive to it but i don't think that you can say that they're not involved or at least the State Department's not involved because the uh, statistics speak for themselves. There's two times more, so by a factor of two, so 100% more heroin addiction, heroin addicts in America since the start of the Afghani war. Heroin's never been cheaper, it's never been better quality. and. We've been running it, so like it's it's just flooding out. It's destroyed the you know Russia has now got seven percent in Pakistan, which is a you know Muslim country, extremist Muslim country has something like twelve percent in in Karachi anyway, uh, heroin addiction, and it's just it's flooding out of of Afghanistan, and that's we we could have gone in and taken all the fields that we didn't.
2: Well, not only did we not take the fields out, we guarded them. Sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Most people want to come up with some sort of crazy. Explanation or excuse for why they did that? Well, it's, it,
3: it's because they fear that they're going to. It's the only way they're really making money. They're making money two ways, which is the American government and and heroin. And so they're like, well, if we really, if we take away heroin production, then they're really going to hate us.
2: Do they? Does any of that stuff make its way into pharmaceutical grade uh, opiates like oxycodone things along those lines? Who knows? I don't know. I, all I know is
3: like every time we do a story on the heroin. Uh, situation in Afghanistan is fucking shocking because you're just like the Americans let them. There's actually, you know, pictures of American troops guarding poppy. This is <laughs> fucking crazy. It's,
2: well, it's the war on drugs, sort it's of. A, except over there, over there, we're a, a war against the war on drugs. <laughs>
3: well, if you see if you see the war on drugs in Afghanistan and then you see the war on drugs in Mexico, yeah, you're like, well, well, he, it's completely corrupt from start to finish. There's this war on drugs is complete horseshit what's
2: the craziest slippery war ever when you you the war on drugs and then you have armed fol- soldiers guarding poppy fields sure. what side are you on in this war on drugs because yeah. it seems like you're on the pro drug side right. you're guarding the drugs like and, how could you have a war on drugs when you're guarding the drugs
3: and you're sending all the weapons to mexico <laughs> yeah. that they need and, and all the money
2: yeah and you don't even go to jail for it no. And ninety, what was the amount? Ninety percent plus of the heroin comes out of Afghanistan. And what did you say about how much? What how much has the percentage of it increased since we have occupied Afghanistan? Just in America,
3: just in America, it's doubled. But that's just in America. But in, in in Russia, it's gone through the roof. It's it's doubled in the UK. But Russia and Pakistan and the Middle East countries like Iran, everywhere on the path has just heroin addictions has soared. In fact. Heroin addiction is so huge in Russia. Did you see the thing we did on crocodile? That yes. What fuck. the fuck, really? man! So they're so addicted. Oh. They're so addicted to heroin that if they, like, when they can't get it or because it got expensive now, because so many people are buying it, that they make their own synthetic heroin. And uh, and it's called Crocodile because it makes you look like a crocodile because it makes your skin like scales and then the scales fall off and you just have like bone there.
2: It's insane. If yeah. you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen the images online of people that are addicted that have that, it's incredible. It's yeah. so frightening. It's frightening. It's so frightening that people would do that to themselves.
3: I'm going to literally shoot drugs that make my skin rot and fall off the
2: bone. He's not exaggerating. There's like people yeah. with big, their arms have like big yeah. gaping... Well, you holes. see the bone yeah. you see the bone, and they can walk around, they're not even infected, well,
3: some of it, yeah, some
2: of them get, get infected, infected. Yeah, it, yeah. it was weird it looked like like it was burnt off like it was like because spused. it fused kills.
3: kills all the flesh and it
2: falls Jesus off Jesus christ yeah. that's insane, yeah. and what happens then? they just die I mean yeah, you can't so. just have your bones just yeah. exposed like yeah. that, right? does it ever fill up if you quit
3: you know, I don't know the
2: answer Do, does anybody ever get off that shit
3: it's it's even more addictive than heroin. <laughs> Christ. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You guys had that shit about the Colombian drug that you blow in people's faces. Scopolamine. Yeah, that is terrifying.
3: Well, the freaky thing about scopolamine is you don't believe it's true until you see it. Because the stories are, it's the zombie drug, right? And it's, we heard stories of, you know, people coming into their apartments on the security cameras and like clearing out their whole apartments. And you see them on security cams Uh doing it, you know. And and they don't have any recollection. They wake up in the morning, their bank accounts are drained, et cetera, et cetera. And they couldn't figure it out until they the, the FARC, the guys who were Colombians who were making uh, cocaine, were using the same process to refine Borondanga flowers to make scopolamine. And what was happening was, generally it started out as hookers and hookers would put a condom inside their mouth like this so it wouldn't go down. And then they put a little scopolamine in their lips and then when they go to like kiss you or whatever, they go, pfft, and they would spit because you know, it oh, and then that's you inhale it, and then you up. you go holy
2: the, shit, that's scary. And
3: then you go into this trance-like state, and then it's auto suggestion. So you, you you say, okay, we're gonna go now to your apartment, yes, and we're gonna go to the apartment, and then we're gonna clean out all your shit, and we're gonna go to your bank, and we're gonna, and they they have sc- security footage of them going to the bank and signing shit, and it's not like one or two people. This is like. Happens all the fucking time. Oh my god! And so uh, it's it. That's a fucking terrifying drug, terrifying, (sighs) because you're just gone. You're in a sort of zombie-like narcotic state and you just do what people
2: tell you to do. That is that's the, the real up. ultimate date rape drug. No sh- yeah, That's the real shit. The, you know. we got to make a, sure people don't get a hold of that That's stuff. a life rape drug. Can you, you know, imagine dating one of those girls? <laughs> oh, my God. Someone spits something in your mouth and makes <laughs> you be their zombie.
1: Those yeah. girls have to be undateable. There's no way you can date that guy.
2: Now. What, a girl that would do that yeah. to somebody?
1: Yeah, like like if, if you knew that's what she did as a job and you ever got in a fight with well, first her, of she all, you probably said had a all hooker. these tricks. She said she was a hooker. I
3: know. Imagine dating one of those hooker girls.
1: Yeah, you
2: shouldn't date hookers. Hookers. That's just me. I'm silly, though.
3: Especially ones that take over your brains. Yeah. Well,
2: I'm so terrified of shit (laughs) like that. Why would that exist? Why would there be something that allows you to be turned into a fucking zombie zombie to someone else's suggestions like Um. that? you know when you see the the, the, the d- different things in nature like different parasites that control different organisms and make them do fucked up things and it really is kind of bizarre when you stop and think about it like what yeah. kind of a system do, what kind of a world do we live in where there's like there's that laying around a right. plant plant that grows and if you it gets into your body people just order you around and you don't have yeah. it that's crazy yes you become a fucking robot you become an automated little slave for them
3: are, drugs are crazy. We just did a story on, you probably know a lot more about it than I do, but uh, Ibogaine. Yeah, Morgan, uh, yeah. And we were doing a story on the underground heroin clinics mm. where, you know, people uh, like, it's actually started by a lot of ex-junkies who were like 40-year junkies, like couldn't get off, tried, you know, hundreds of times to get clean and they would do Ibogaine and then it interrupts your addiction. You know, for like two weeks, or whatever. So it's long enough that you sort of get a. You know, you don't have to go cold turkey. And uh, so we went to these clinics where they administer ibogaine and stuff. And it was fucking fascinating. It was crazy. Did you do it? No, because I saw them do it. And it's they 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 were taking massive doses though. They were they are taking like it's 48 hours, lots of vomiting. Like crazy fucking I have a couple shit. friends
2: that have done it. One that did it recently and one that it changed his whole life. I have a buddy of mine. He got a, his back uninjured, got, yeah. got hooked on pain, kills, right. pain, uh, pain pills, started uh, taking, you know, the, the, you name him, he was taking them. Mm. Couldn't get off them. It, it was ruining his life. Mm. Goes down, gets an Ibogaine, boom, clean, 100%. Yeah. Now brings people down there, started his own center uh, down there, yeah. brings people down there, to uh, to introduce them to Mexico, yeah, yeah. yeah. but I'm
0: like
3: fucking
2: Mexico, man. Mexico's scary as fuck.
3: Well, they it's because it's still legal there. It's illegal here. It's a Schedule One drug, just like heroin. Yeah.
2: Well, everything in Mexico is decriminalized now, yeah. right? They did. De- de- most people don't know. Yeah, they, yeah. Then they decriminalize acid, mushrooms, yeah. pot, coke, yeah, everything. Yeah. And this, is but to, to fight the so cartels, fu- exactly. But yeah, <laughs>
3: ibogaine. That's the, yeah, that's the strongest drug I've ever seen. Like because people under it were like, holy fuck! Yeah, my my business partner
2: wow. did it, changed his life. Yeah. Well, he's done it a couple times. He's done a couple different things rather right? to change his life. He's done ayahuasca, yeah. done you know ibogaine. He's really into yeah. going to these weird places and going on big trips.
3: But the ibogaine is is interesting because we followed you know some uh, junkies straight through the whole process, and it was pretty remarkable because it worked. Like yeah, it was, it was nuts.
2: Yeah. Um Aubrey, my friend who's done it, he uh you know, he described the process and I didn't want to do it even slightly. Yeah, it no. sounded like <laughs> hell. It's hell yeah. yeah. Like you know, you can you can talk me into doing some DMT maybe. Yeah. It's fifteen minutes. You know? I'll
3: send you the piece. There's so much vomiting, it's Ugh. fucking crazy. <laughs> days of vomiting. It
2: cannot
1: be good for you. Well, you no. got to
2: think though, man, if someone's hooked on heroin, anything, yeah. they'll take anything to get them out of that. I've watched people slip into addiction several times in my life and it's it's just like being uh, turned by a vampire. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's mm-hmm. a feeling that you've lost someone. They they're slipping away. They're slipping away from themselves, from their family, from everybody. They're slipping away because of a, a, a compound, yeah. some sort of a chemical. It's really, what a bizarre thing that we have, this, this, this addiction quality.
0: you know, Well, we say that in the
3: piece. We say that this mother gives her son to these sort of New York fruitcakes, nice guys, but like weird guys, who do sort of West African voodoo. Uh, uh, you know, when they, when they administered the Ibogaine, and we were taking her son to Mexico to one of these clinics because we couldn't legally do it in America. So we brought the whole crew down to Mexico to shoot it. And it was like, how bad is heroin that a mother is going to give her son to these, you know, crazy West African voodoo ex <laughs> junkie dudes to take off to Mexico and administer the strongest drug in the world to? So he's going to puke and fucking go nuts for two days. Wow. That's how bad heroin is.
2: And that's what the government sells. Da 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 da, da. America! Fuck yeah! Mm-hmm. Um, listen, man, let's let's wrap this up and let you get some sleep. All right. You're the fucking man, dude. Anytime you want to do this, anytime oh, you're in town, you. You, uh, you you got a, an open invite. We'll we'll open this bitch up at four o'clock in the morning oh, for you. Whatever thank you want, man. Thank you, man. You're you're fucking awesome. Um, continued. Uh, safety and success in your travels and uh, thanks for illuminating giant parts of the world that I personally wouldn't have not, I wouldn't have been aware of if it wasn't for you and what you guys are doing. You're fucking awesome, man. Thanks buddy. Good seeing you. Good seeing you. All right, my friends, thank you everyone for tuning in this week. We got tomorrow, uh, Mike Dolce uh, famed MMA nutritionist. Uh, He's going to come in and then uh, Wednesday Bobcat Goldweight is coming in. So uh, we got a fun packed date. Uh, follow Shane on on Twitter. It's Shane Smith 30 on Twitter. And uh, thank you to The Fleshlight for tuning into our podcast. If you go to JoeRogan.net, click on the link for The Fleshlight, enter in the code name ROGAN, and you'll save yourself 15% off. Thanks to Onnit.com. Uh, all the other stuff, dot com. The other stuff that we've been talking about, kettlebells, it's all coming soon. Uh, the hemp protein, which is fucking delicious. That stuff's so good. And it doesn't fuck with me as much as whey does. Hemp protein is delicious. And the stuff we have has maca in it, uh, co- raw cocoa, and um, it's, it's sweetened by stevia. So it's really healthy for you. It's uh, And it's the best tasting shit, I'm telling you. It's like my favorite all-time protein powder. That's coming out soon too. Go to com. enter in the code name ROGAN, save yourself 10% off any and all orders. And any bottle of 30 pills that you buy, no matter what it is, You have a 100% money-back guarantee on the first order. You do not even have to return the product. You just say this stuff sucks, and you get 100% of your money back. The reason why we're telling you that, the reason why we give it to you that way is because these are all good products. They're they're solid. They're they're based on on strong, sound knowledge of nutrition, and I believe in them 100%. Use the code name ROGAN, save yourself 10% off, and we'll see you dirty bitches tomorrow. Thanks for everything. We love you guys.